As far back as I could remember, I always wanted to be a gangster. Time for two more. Just listen. Just listen. Nine to noon. Football Feast. PA and Charge. Football Feast. Vikings. from the Niners 22 cousin shotgun short drop fade end zone and it's caught touchdown Stephon Diggs Kirk Cousins first passing touchdown goes to Stephon Diggs and the Vikings take a 9-0 lead second and 10 from the 11 Stafford shotguns five-step drop flustered and he is sacked and that's a team record Minnesota Vikings and Daniil Hunter has three and a half. Cousins takes the snap. Green Bay rushes four. Cousins passes. Deal in. He calls. Is he in? Touchdown! What an amazing pass by Kirk Cousins threading the needle. Deal in closes on it. 22 yard touchdown. And we're a two point conversion from tying the game. Detroit rushes three and a half as Jared Davis eyeballs Cousins, who fires into the end zone to the right side, and it's caught! Touchdown! An amazing touchdown catch by Kyle Rudolph, and the Vikings amazingly have taken the lead. Cousins out of the shotgun, he's going to fake the handoff, angles to the right, inside the five, and gentlemen, welcome to Buffalo Wild Wings Oakdale for the Friday Football Feast. It is the inaugural 2019 feast from Buffalo Wild Wings in Oakdale. I'm Paul Allen. Jared Wells guides us technically. Nordo guides the great ship Love Covenant from the Bryan Heating and Cooling Studios at FM 100.3 KFAN. And per usual for, for an 11th consecutive year, the co-host for the Friday Football Feast, Can I Get a Witness? And a raucous round of applause for Paul Churchill. Thank you. Haven't gotten rid of me in 11 years. Hey, man. Wow, 11 long years, because, man, does that drag. Yeah, it's great to be back at uh, the Friday Football Feast, yeah. Buffalo Wild Wings, Oakdale. So we, uh, so here we are on the east side uh, with uh, with bountiful, compelling, and rich talkers out of the gate. God, yeah. I mean, first and foremost, we're here because this officially, unofficially commences the Friday Vikings compensated radio pep fests into games. <laughs> so how about the Vikings beating the Atlanta Falcons this weekend? Can I get a witness right now? I mean, that'd be so much fun. Ba-da! That would be so much fun. Going to be a tough test. Now we're going to go through it all show. A very, very difficult task this year. Just quickly in passing, 
having having gone way down the road on the 2019 Atlanta Falcons, and granted, a lot of it with Kirk Cousins, Dalvin Cook, Adam Thielen, Kyle Rudolph, Eric Kendricks, Daniil Hunter, Anthony Barr, Harrison Smith, and so on. A lot of it is predicated on us, and we are at home. But the fact that these Atlanta Falcons found a way to win seven games last year with some of the players they lost for either the majority or all of the season, yeah. and with their offensive line play they had last year, thus they take two old linemen in the first round. Holy cow, Charge, it's a minor miracle they won seven games. Yeah, it's a testament to the rest of that organization that they weren't two-win operation, Paul, and they lost most of those players all right off the bat in the first couple of weeks, and yet the Falcons ended up being a, a tough out for most of the rest of the year. Offense remained very, very good. It was their defense that really let them down. Yes, sir. And now they're they're back at full strength, and this is going to be a major challenge. You have to stop Julio Jones, Devonta Freeman, and Matt Ryan. We're talking about Hall of Fame caliber players Ooh. at the zenith of their powers in many cases. Matt Ryan is on a Hall of Fame trajectory. Julio yeah. Jones is a cinch to head to the Hall of Fame. It's just, this is no easy task, and if their defense is back at to where it was two years ago, hey. well, then this is this is a really tricky game. Hey, uh, if this is Buffalo Wild Wings and the Friday Football Feast, the inaugural 2019 feast, it may be year 11, but uh, the, the bets are still the same. I mean, hopefully we provide you entertainment. We know we can feed you with the great food at Buffalo Wild Wings. And with these feast shirts, purple and gold, we can all... What? What? We can also clothe you if, like, uh, you lost your uh, you lost your proverbial shirt on the Chicago Bears last night. So, um, who wants a shirt because they're flying into the crowd? And there they are. What up, Will? What's going on, Troy? Man, look for your phone call on a Monday. And Nordo says hello. That's what we do, ma'am. You know, pragmatically speaking and realistically speaking, yeah, the 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 Vikings have a regular season opener that is at home mm -hmm. so atlanta could be a super bowl team yeah i mean it's not like you got like if the with all due respect to my friend pat Shermer, if the new york giants were rolling in here i wouldn't say that's a super bowl caliber team if arizona was rolling in here i wouldn't say that's a super bowl team agreed likewise for the motor city kitties with all due respect this thing rolling in this weekend is a super bowl caliber team However, bad for business to lose your home, your, uh, your home opener, ma'am. All these people, like here at Buffalo Wild Wings, they're mm -hmm. all frothy and fired up and everything. Yeah. U.S. Bank Stadium, pack, bam, bam, skull, bam, bam, skull. They're going to be all fired up for that. Can't lose your home opener, man. If you want to believe the Vikings are a 10-11 win operation, which I think most fans feel like they're in that area, the 10-win yeah. range, yeah. these are the kind of games you have to win. These games at home against other good teams that are about on your level, you got to go win those home games. So if you do think the Vikings are going to be there in a season with a, a tough schedule, this is the kind of game you have to win to get to 10. Yeah, Bertie. And, it, you know, if you do, if you lose this kind of game, then you're going to have to go on the road and go beat a tougher opponent later. Yeah. So, yeah, if you if you think they're 10 wins, this is, this is the kind of win you have to have. Now, when it comes to Vikings football for both of us and fantasy football for you with Vikings football, yeah. you know, we think about it and we work at it. We, we, we think about it a lot. We work at it very hard during the course of the week. Yeah. And we, we legitimately, from a professional standpoint and to a certain extent a personal standpoint very much care about it for sure. so therefore there will be certain things 
with which we kind of have anxiety beginning on a Wednesday, lingering into a Thursday, then we chill on Saturday, maybe PJ Flex team gets a victory on Saturday night, and then we play the games on Sunday, and then all the bets are settled. So, like for you, I know on Johnson for the Lions is your number one running back via your rankings this week. He is. But, like, wh- whomever is right behind him, knowing you and how how professionally particular you are, you may be wondering for a couple of days, ah, am I doing on Johnson uh, first? Should I have Le'Veon Bell first or whatever? Because you want to be right. With all that said, the situation that uh, with which I have become immersed yeah. over the last 24 hours probably won't happen, probably nothing about which to have concern or anxiety. Their wide receiver, Mohamed Sanu. Slot receiver. He throws passes. Okay? <laughs> now, let's not forget, he throws passes. Okay. And in his career, he's 7 of 8 for like 250 yards. Yeah, he, four throw, touchdowns, he throws a couple a year. Four touchdowns, zero picks. How about that? Okay. Into his, the, passer ra- his lifetime passer rating is yeah. probably perfect. End of the season. Yeah. Last year. Okay, Atlanta ain't going anywhere. Yeah. So now they're goofing around and getting funky. He threw a pass at Raymond James against the Wobegon Bucks to Matt Ryan for a touchdown. <laughs> That's so right. So, <laughs> Mohamed Sanu played yeah. a little quarterback at Rutgers. Yeah. He was with Zimmer for two years in Cincinnati, mm-hmm. which is good because it's on Mike's radar. Yeah. Because he knows Mohamed Sanu can pass. That's right. And why I bring that up is because if you go back several years, X amount of years ago, when the Vikings opened up at um, San Francisco against uh, your guy Jim Tomsula, the uh, the coach for the um, uh, for the 49ers. Yeah. R- remember, it was like completely new coaching staff, didn't show anything in the preseason, and then they're just like running the wing tee, the single wing. Yeah, right. Carlos Hyde's looking yeah. like Walter Payton. Yeah. It's because it was new and unexpected. Yeah. Well, their coordinator's Dirk Cutter, so you can have tells on Julio Jones. Mm-hmm. You can know Muhammad Sanu throws. Yeah. Devontae Freeman, he's back. His backup, Edo Smith, is really fast. Austin Hooper at 14. So, yeah, yeah, there can be tendencies and tells on that. But in the first game, if the tricks are going to happen, they're going to happen in this game. You think so? When, it, when it's least expected, Mohamed Sanu throws. Are you calling a pass? Be warned. If I'm, all right, so I'm setting the line at one at half. A half, <laughs> a half pass by what, Mohamed what's Sanu. The, uh, what's the over-under? Um, half, half pass. The over is <laughs> plus plus. 300. Oh, that's a great line. Well, I'm not laying minus 400, <laughs> so no play. On to the next prop. Okay. So just keep that in mind. Uh, now, the, um, the let, let's see how the crowd reacts to this because it was a tricky game last night from a Vikings fan rooting it was. Uh, scenario. Okay? Yeah. So hear me when I tell you this. The Chicago Bears lost last night. If that makes you happy, make noise. Well, all right, but the Green Bay Packers won last night. What do you think of that? Well, I mean, what are you rooting Can't for? Can't have it both ways. Can't have it both ways. The <laughs> options? Come on now. I was pulling for the Packers. It was hashtag Go Pack Go for a little bit last night. Yeah. And it may be be careful uh, what you're rooting for uh, because maybe Green Bay through the long play, copyright you, is going to be better than Chicago. There's but a chance. The way I looked at it, man, was beat Atlanta. Go to Lambeau and beat Green Bay because I believe we're better than Green Bay. Mm-hmm. And now you're two and zero. They're one and one. And by the way, if you're a Bears fan, and your former safety Adrian Amos, 
who picked off Mitchell Trubisky to win the game. Yeah. After the game, he said there were at least two or three plays during the game, including the game-sealing play, where I knew what route was coming. How about that? Okay, well, guess yeah. what? Um, Chicago is at Denver next game. Yeah. Guys. Vic Fangio, a little if, familiar with the team. If you think Adrian Amos knew the plays that were coming, <laughs> right. wait till you get a load of your former coordinator. <laughs> right. I mean, seriously, he's, he's going to go Belichick on this game. Maybe the Bears will be 0-2. The Broncos are going to beat the Raiders Whoa. handily this week. Yeah. What if the Broncos go 2-0 and and end up beating the Bears and the Bears start the season yeah. at 0-2? Be sweet. It could happen. What if we beat Green Bay and we're 2-0 and we beat Atlanta? Oh, man. You know, if the Bears fall to 0-2, yeah. that's, you know, I'm not, this division is going to be so hard to come back from yeah. at that point. Yeah. I don't think the Bears make the playoffs. Uh, we um, uh, we do have some deep diving on that Thursday night football game to be done uh, in the uh, 9-3-5, 10-3-5, and maybe 11-4-0. Uh, for the inaugural 2019 feast, Buffalo Wild Wings, Oakdale, uh, you can expect Chad Greenway on site at 10 o'clock. Can't wait to uh, chat with one of the great tacklers yeah. in the history of Minnesota Vikings football. Expect him weekly, 9 to noon. Uh, Wabi, Vikings Insider, Vikings.com at 11 o'clock. And uh, when we return, um, I taped a covenant catch-up yesterday with one of the great defensive players in the history of Minnesota Vikings football, Kevin Williams. Uh, that, uh, that will play next uh, with a radio show produced by Nordo at the Bryan Heating and Cooling Studios. Technical guidance on site provided by Jared Wells. Paul Charchian, Paul Allen. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the feast. And let's get lucky this year with these Minnesota Vikings, okay? We'll be right back. Football Feast. Nine to noon. The fan. Carrington out of the shotgun on third down. Big rush hit as he throws. Intercepted by Kevin Williams. And he's He's gone. He's to the 20. Welcome back to the Friday Football Feast. Paul Charchian rejoins the equation shortly, and a happy Friday to you. What a treat this is. A covenant catch-up during the Friday Football Feast. Kevin Williams started 13 kickoff weekend games, 11 with Minnesota, 1 with Seattle, and 1 with New Orleans. In his 13 seasons, including playoffs, he started 202 of 212 games he played, only missing 5 games during 13 years. Kevin Williams started in in Super Bowl 49 for the Seahawks, ending his career with 63 sacks, five interceptions, including two TDs, and had 13 fumble recoveries, including two touchdowns. You just heard the 2007 opener against these Falcons, where Kevin scored the first touchdown of the game on a 54-yard interception return TD, the longest interception return touchdown by a Vikings defensive lineman of all time, and uh, Kevin joins us now. Uh, Kevin, Paul Allen, what um, what are you up to these days, Big Ticket? How are things? Uh, everything's good, man. Being a full-time dad, uh, 
I don't know. I'm searching. I need something to do, man. I'm getting bored staying at home every day. <laughs> well, you got, <laughs> you got the the, uh, the National Football League season beginning this weekend. I mean, I would imagine that'll take up some of your time, right? Uh, definitely. In between youth sports and uh, and honeydews, I think I'll get a chance to watch a little football. Before we chat a little football, Kevin, uh, what uh, from a youth sports standpoint, what uh, what are your kid or kids playing? Uh, we got basketball and football. Uh, from a football standpoint, any preferred position like three technique, defensive tackle, quarterback? What you going to do? Uh, he's a safety. He's a little guy, so surprisingly, uh, he's getting the size from his mom right now, and uh, and he's a fast guy. He's playing safety, receiver, running back. Yeah. Everything but line position. Well, I mean, if if he's on the, let's say, smaller side, then maybe eventually when you look to take the next step, Kevin, you call your old teammate Antoine Winfield and get some secrets from him. Absolutely. That would be great. Uh, he missed the tackle in the scrimmage the other day. I was trying to coach him up on uh, open field tackling. Uh, we've been watching videos uh, this week. Wow, that's awesome, man. Uh, what a treat it is having Kevin Williams for a Covenant catch-up on the Friday Football Feast. Kevin, you uh, you played 11 years here with the Vikings, but you went to a Super Bowl with Seattle. So let me ask you this. Still once a Viking, always a Viking, or what? Absolutely. Uh, I mean, going to Minnesota, being a snot-nosed kid, I would call it out of college. And uh, the city and the team and everybody basically leads me up. Uh, to be the man that I am. So uh, I love Minnesota. I always call it home. Kevin Williams on the 9 to Noon Show. That 2009 season with Brett Favre, the Williams Wall, Jared Allen, Brian Robinson, Ray Edwards. How much did you enjoy most of that season? <laughs> that season was a blur, man. I mean, you sometimes you had those tough seasons. You can remember every aching moment of every bad game. But, I mean, we had so many great moments that season. It seemed like it was just a blur. I mean, how, how well things were going, how well we were clicking. And uh, I still believe that NFC Championship was the Super Bowl. Let me ask you this, Kevin. What um, what are the keys to five interceptions as a defensive tackle? How in the heck did you do that? <laughs> uh I guess hunting that ball. I mean, if you're not trying to get to the quarterback, uh, some some point you're trying to deflect passes or or get your hand on the football to be disruptive. Uh, I mean, sometimes it was it was a lot of, a lot of times really it was just being in the right place at the wrong time or. Or heck, even even getting stalemated at the line sometimes. <laughs> well, I mean, I mean, in playing two hundred, in playing two hundred and twelve games, you obviously are going to get a zillion opportunities, but you still got to close on it, man. And you know, so do you remember a lot of them? Were they batted passes, tip passes, or like were you jumping routes? Um, I know a couple of them. Uh, I know that one in the Atlanta game. I believe KU had hit the guy in the. Couldn't you did to hit the guy and the ball went up in the air and, and I just caught it in stride kind of and nobody was there. All the receivers was downfield, just get past the uh, offensive line. And then the one in uh, in San Francisco, I think it was just, <laughs> I think it was just, uh, I was getting up the field. He tried to swing it out there and I just jumped up and caught it. I believe that was like the first drive of the game as well. 
And then uh, let me see what other one. I think I had one my rookie year where I was uh, rushing and the back came up the middle, and so and I saw him and I just jumped back inside and they tried to shovel it or throw it to him. And uh, what were the other two? I'm trying to remember the other two. Mm. I'm not. I'm drawing a blank on the other two, but well, you I mean, know. it's pretty much just being the right. right. Right, and and I mean it's fine that you, that you don't vividly remember them, but I mean we could go back to when you came into the league from Oklahoma State as a three technique defensive tackle. I believe it was defensive coordinator George O'Leary. You know the team the team was so desperate for a pass rusher at defensive end. Remember when they moved you to defensive end for a minute? Yeah, I mean we had Fred Robbins who was one of the young draft picks. We had Chris Hovan inside, and we kind of didn't have any. Any every down end, so in order to get on the field, they needed a left defensive end, which which back then most teams run to their right. So hmm. of course you're gonna put you on the left side to try to be a stout anchor on the left side of the defense. You know, uh, you you just rattle off those names, man. I mean, here you are in retirement. You got kids playing sports. You're you know you're working with your boy on not missing tackles. But but the memories will never leave, man. I mean, look at these names we're rattling off. I went to '09 with Pat Williams, Jared Allen, Brian Robinson, Ray Edwards, Brett Favre. You know, you Chad Greenway, Antoine Winfield. Back in the day, Brian yeah. Russell, uh, Corey Chavis, Dante Culpepper, of course, Randy Moss. I mean, you uh, you you played with some great and unique people, Kevin. Absolutely, and. Uh... We had a lot of great memories, man. Each one of those guys brought something different to the game. And and I'm pretty sure we go down the line and share stories about uh, things we remember from uh, playing together. When uh, when you watch Linval Joseph play, what do you think? Uh, He's a beast. I like the big fella. I mean, he he not only stops the ring, but uh, he gets after the pass rusher. I'm about to put in a word. With the coaches, let him get some more passing down. <laughs> he does. He does a good job in there. Kevin Williams, uh, a Vikings Covenant catch-up. It's an alumni segment at the Friday Football Feast. Couple of quickies to close. Kevin, how um how much different are the three techniques now compared to when you played? Um, I think the run game is gone. I mean, these guys are. <laughs> these guys have no words about the run game. Looks like look like it's straight up. Get the quarterback. You got to look at the numbers that some of these guys are putting up. It's ridiculous at sacks. And I mean, when I first came in, you, they, they really prided themselves on stopping the run. But now they're throwing it 45 times a game. I would love to get some of that action. <laughs> Kevin, absolutely fantastic catching up with you. Best of luck with your kids. I'm sure we'll chat down the road. Enjoy not only the NFL season, but enjoy the Viking season, and uh, hopefully we see you at U.S. Bank Stadium one day. All right, we'll catch up. I appreciate you, man. Thank you. Uh, Kevin Williams, one of the great defensive players in the history of Minnesota Vikings football. And um, and once again, you know, with uh, these Friday football feasts, there will be a time that um, that we do have an alumni feel to our feast. And uh, we thank Tom West with the Minnesota Vikings for assisting us with that. Kevin Williams, the big ticket, old number 93. Everybody uh, should be astounded by not only somebody who had 63 sacks, as a defensive tackle, are you kidding me? Five interceptions and two touchdowns. 
that that's absolutely amazing. Well done. The Friday football feast continues around the corner from Buffalo Wild Wings Oakdale. Paul Charchian rejoins the equation. You know Paul Charchian, fanball.com. So we're going to put the fanball feel together with the feast and chat some fantasy football. Chad Greenway coming up the next segment right around 10 o'clock on site at Buffalo Wild Wings Oakdale. I'm Paul Allen. This is 9 to Noon. It's the Friday Feast, where at some point, Charge will introduce a topic and PA will pretend to be interested. It's 9 to Noon on the Fan. Hey, what's up, Paul Allen? Four quick trip and um, a lot of Vikings football discussed today via the uh, Friday football feast. But, um, you know, with uh, Quick Trip being a proud partner of Minnesota Vikings football, Quick Trip and the Vikings have teamed for the Vikings Opening Drive Contest. The Opening Drive Contest gives you the opportunity to win game tickets, and much, much more. There are some really, really cool facets of this opening drive contest, so go to quicktrip.com to learn more. But hear me when I tell you this. The only way to qualify for those tickets and everything available is to become a free Quick Rewards member. Purchase any Pepsi brand product, and you are immediately entered to win the Vikings Opening Drive Contest. QuickTrip.com for information. Stop by QuickTrip today and uh, become a Quick Rewards member, which which once again is free, or download the free app. All of this at QuickTrip.com. For more information on KFAN Radio Contests, go to KFAN.com slash rule. Head to KFAN.com, keyword crown, to nominate a military member. Whether it's a friend, a family member, or a neighbor, share the story of that active duty military member as part of the Crown Royal Purple Bag Project. Your nomination could win them a four-pack of tickets, food, beverage, and a pregame on-field experience when the Purple take on Denver November 17th. It is all thanks to Crown Royal. Football Feast fantasy segment uh, mostly will take place at uh, 9.35-ish from Buffalo Wild Wings. Wait, it's 9.35 right now. I said 9.35-ish. Okay. (laughs) Bone says 9.37 per snickety one. Well, yeah, okay. That's the ish. I understand. 9.35-ish. Oh, so we're going right into it right now is what you're saying. No. No. All right. Reset. Uh, 9.35-ish segment three, two. Welcome back to Buffalo Wild Wings for the Friday Football Feast. The fantasy football segment each and every Friday will transpire in the neighborhood of 9.35-ish. That's coming up momentarily. Ah. And speaking of fantasy football, <laughs> uh, nice call on David Montgomery last night. Oh, God. I, you know, I get so frustrated. Yeah. That's that. That is appropriate. Very uh, Ryan Matthews. Seven like. touches for David Montgomery, and yeah. here's the the really frustrating part. Yes, it's Jared. not that Mike Davis had a a absurdly large role in the game. Let it out. It's that Montgomery looked great every time they gave him the ball. Let it Breaking out. Breaking tackles. I mean, he was a broken tackle. I bet he averaged a broken Honey. tackle a carry. It, he looked great. So breaking tackles is his bit. He's, That's like his bit out of college. It is. 
most elusive player in college last year, well, David in, Montgomery. In fact, David Montgomery last year at Iowa State might have been the most elusive player in college football. Correct. And so what, what does Matt Nagy do? Totally avoids him. What happened? Throws out the pedestrian Mike Davis play after play. Yep. Throws a bunch of these short, short, easy passes Let to uh, Tariq Cohen, who does nothing with yep. them. He has eight catches for like 40 yards. Yeah. That's hard to do. Yeah. Man, so frustrated with the way the play calling Matt Nagy had. And then Mitch Trubisky looked brutal. So here's your quarterback clearly struggling throughout this game. Matt Nagy employs a 3-1 to one pass to run ratio for the game. What Come on. You are killing me with that. Right. You know, this is, they put their first pick of the draft into David Montgomery. He looks great. They don't use him. And then they go ask Sad Trombonski to go win the game, and what does he do? He throws into double coverage yes. into the corner of an end zone on a covered player to lose the game at the end. Yeah. Matt Nagy earned that loss hey, for sure. Buffalo Wild Wings, you not only know football is back, but fantasy football truly is back when Paul Charchian has his first official anxiety attack. Can I get a witness? And I set it up the way I did because you know I'm not I'm generally not of the snarky variety. And if you do something or say something wrong, I ain't gonna tear you down. I'd be the last one. I did it the way I did it by saying, nice call on uh, David Montgomery because I wanted you to get it out of your system Duh. into the the games this weekend where last night was a standalone bit. You had a big opinion, didn't work out the right way. This weekend, like last night was for show. This weekend is for Doe. There's, well, yeah, absolutely. This, you know, that was just one game. We got 15 more. And actually, right. most of the rest of the stuff that I predicted for that game fell into place. Of course it did. Um, but the Montgomery thing definitely didn't. I, I started him. I drafted him in a bunch of leagues. I loved him. Started oh, him in a bunch of leagues. Come on. And Matt Nagy, uh, Matt Nagy caught me. That honey, was sad. Charging, now, it's completely fine, man, because it's the NFL and I saw it up during the preseason up to the first week. People love the NFL so much. And social media, for, for some, is your self-inflation leader. But generally, for everybody, it, um, it, it's a place to, to voice opinions. Yeah. You know, and you see a lot of them. And I could tell from, um, like, Kyle Sloter-related stuff. Uh, whatever related stuff with the Vikings, stuff was percolating in the preseason yeah. where people from an opinion standpoint, they were ready to go. They were dead set ready to go formulating these big opinions right out of the gate. So, you know, from, but that's what the NFL is, man. It's like Green Bay has five of the next six at home. So there will be those nationally and or via social media who initially will crown them king. Yeah. One at Soldier Field, five of the next six at home. That's it. Bet settled. You're going to win the NFC North. Conversely, people will formulate giant opinions on your guy's sad Trombonski and uh, the way things worked out last night. And like, hey, you know, everybody who uh, predicted a precipitous fall off for the Bears, you're all right. Uh, they're going to take a fall off. It, it's so that you... The, the massive opinions of one thing we see in prisoner of moment like fashion, yeah, completely predictable off last night. Yeah, I think so. It was uh, both offenses looked terrible, Paul, and I How think neither 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 team played their starters really hard at all in the preseason. Great point. Montgomery got just a little bit of action. They you know, and Trombonski didn't play. Trombonski didn't play at all. I don't think Aaron Rodgers played at all either. And so I think you know the whole. 
the whole NFL was going to a, you know, forget about the preseason identity. If that game is any indication, that might have been a mistake because both of those offenses looked dreadful for most of that game. And they ended up with a 10, 10 to 3. Yeah, 10 to 3 game yeah. at the Archie, end of the day. Compelling talker uh, because both sides can be disputed. Uh, do you play your players in preseason and worry about losing them for the regular season? Yeah. Oh, okay, I can hear that. Yeah. Well, from a quarterback standpoint, okay, sad Trombonski did not play at all in the preseason. Right. That quarterback needs to play in the preseason. He did. Aaron Rodgers probably doesn't, but you know what? Maybe in hindsight, he should have played he 10 to too. 20 plays. He should have. And here's the dagger on the whole thing. Who is the best quarterback in the history of the NFL? Tom Brady. Sure. Let's say Tom Brady. Yeah, it's Brady. Tom Brady demands to play a minimum 20 plays yeah, how about in, that? in the yeah. preseason, yes. specifically game number three. Yet with Trubisky and whomever, oh, we're just going to do it yeah. our way. Oh, yeah. yeah the greatest, he, he doesn't need to get any better. He greatest in the history of the game demands to play some reps in the preseason. Right. And, and you know what his take is? I'm smart. If I'm in a bad spot, it's a preseason game, man. I, I will take a penalty for intentional grounding before I'll let somebody hit me. Yeah. Or I will go down or I will throw it out of bounds. You know, but he wants to get out there with the quasi-speed of the game, do the drops, get the feet right, feel the pressure, stuff like that, and then put a bow on it, copyright Bursich, put him on ice, and the whole thing's done. But uh, your guy said Trombonski, no. funny, no. didn't need a preseason now, snap, did he? <laughs> I think for Rodgers... Correct me if I'm wrong. They were the team that went to Canada and suddenly had the bad field. And yes. maybe they were going to play their starters for more of those games. Yes, Burgie. More in that game. And, and it, you know, but ultimately decided the field conditions were such that they didn't want to risk any starters. So yeah. maybe the Packers had an alternate plan. Um, but both offenses, I thought, I thought looked dreadful. Now the Packer defense, yeah. Paul, that, that unit looked great. I thought that was uh, a uh, – we haven't seen – that that kind of an active, speedy Packer defense in years. Uh, the upgrades they made at linebacker, holy cow! Okay. Those cats were blitzing well, for power. But again, but but in the in the everybody on Twitter, I mean social media, I mean everybody has to have the biggest take right out of the gate. Yeah, it's it's tranquilo. Let's relax. Let's let's pump the brakes just a tiny bit. I mean, because out of one side of the mouth, we can't knock Trombonski, Trump, sad Trombonski, <laughs> and, uh, and the Nagy approach, yeah. and then crown Green Bay the 85 Bears. But it is fair to say, with Mike Pettin in his second year coordinating the defense, yeah. those who played in it last year, Blake Martinez, Jair Alexander, Kenny mm -hmm. Clark, and so yeah. on, they were faster. Yeah. So it's second nature now. Mm -hmm. And for the newbies, they will eventually play it faster, but they definitely played better than what they had last year. It, it definitely looks to be a dramatic upgrade to complement Super Special A, Raj. I agree mostly with what you say, but again, off one game, man, against, uh, against all those guys who didn't play in the preseason. I know. And by the way, before we head into the fantasy feast, um, Bears fans will turn on their team in a hot tick. Oh, they already did on Twitter. <laughs> Holy cow. No, I, I mean in the stadium. Yeah. yeah, forget the narrow casting. I'm talking about at the stadium. Yeah. I mean, your guy, I'm we, we do a, a Fox 9 um, Vikings live show every Thursday night at 630. Yeah. And, and so we're done at 7, and I'm driving back at like 725, 730. So, therefore, with, uh, with the NFL radio package, I'm listening to 
Wayne Larrabee, you know, a guy, guy I completely respect, called the game. Yeah, and um, great. so Eddie Pinero Pinero yeah. walks into the game. <laughs> yeah. The trepidation you could hear within that fan base. Oh when yeah, their kicker was running out. Absolutely. Okay, cool. Then he makes the kick. Cheers aren't as loud as I thought they would be, but it's all good. Yeah. Then he kicks off. Sucker goes out of, out bounds. of bounds. They boo him. Yeah, that's it. Late in the game. Trubisky walking off the field. They booed him. Lustily oh, booed. yeah, absolutely. Oh, my God. It's divi- It's a division champion off 12 wins yeah. with Khalil Mack and 15 games to play. Let's everybody chill out just a little bit. Well, that's not that's not always how it's going to work in Chicago. No, and that is, that is a... That's a fan base that had very high expectations, and they wanted they wanted Sad Trombonski to make a, a an evolutionary step forward yeah. in his development. Fine with that. They didn't get it at all. They got a bunch of inaccurate passes. Yeah. They got him under pressure a ton. They got him only overthrowing to two players on the Ooh. whole field. Wasn't Ooh. reading everything. TV monitor. Um, right. One of the 9,000 TVs of Buffalo Wild Wings. Ah, yeah. we just missed it. What is it? It's the Fox News Channel. Yeah. Uh, Lyle Chick, Buffalo Wild Wings president, is yeah. on. That's cool. There it is. Buffalo Wild Wings and MGM team up on sports betting. Oh, I've been following this closely. Oh, it's, I mean, it's not absolutely this state because we'll we'll be the 48th state to get it. We will be the 48th state. But I mean, seriously, there's going to be a day at a Friday football feast. It could be 10:15 in the morning. Here. Yes. and we could be watching a premier Premier League soccer game. <laughs> Get a tell, <laughs> drop 300 on Manchester United via live betting, do the show, yes. cash the bet, yes. and call it a day. Paul, we're going to have, there's, oh there's going to be a day when we're going to be in a Buffalo Wild Wings here God. doing the feast, yeah. and we'll be doing prop bet analysis <laughs> and best. placing the bets You're the best. while we're doing the bit. You're the best. It won't be a fictional bankroll every week, it'll be a real bankroll every week. Help me with this. Paul Charchian, Identity of Fantasy Football, also runs Fanball.com. Uh, the the 9.35-ish up to the Greenway segment, weekly, most likely will have a fantasy football twist to it. We're not doing one-hit wonders this year. Instead, we're tripling up with uh, three angles, which will begin shortly. But uh, with Fanball.com this weekend, what kind of contest do you have going on? And for Fantasy Football Weekly, when can we find that and where? Okay, so the we've got a week one $5,000 free-to-play contest at fanball.com slash charge. You are playing against me. Now, and I've, uh, I have a, I had a long-running local contest here yeah. with the all of my dear friends at the Shells Brewery. We are now national. This is the new national bit. The cash prizes are ten times wow. bigger now wow. and, than and, my old game. And your opinions are that of the David Montgomery variety? That's so right. I, so go, go I win. I want to play against you y- at Fanball.com. Yes, 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 you do, as yes, a matter I of fact. Do. So uh, you Thank will create a salary cap roster against mine. Do well this week, win part of $5,000. If you beat me, you get an entry into the Week 17 championship. And Whoa. the only way to get an entry into it is to beat me. And you could beat me 16 weeks. You could have 16 entries into the Week 17 championship Sweet. with the $10,000 grand prize. So 5000 on the line this week, 10000 a Week 17. Fanball.com slash charge. Fanball.com slash charge. Speaking of fantasy football, if there was one Viking to use this weekend in fantasy football, it would be this guy. Cousins under center, swings it out, right flat, Cook on the run. 25, 20, 15, 10, to the 5, touchdown! Dalvin Cook got into the end zone. That's his first touchdown this season. It's a 26-yard score, and Green Bay leads 7-6. 
Charge, tell us why Dalvin Cook is the Viking to use this weekend. Uh, And one of the statistical oddities running right now, get this. The Falcons allowed the most running back receptions last year. And the most running back receptions the year before that. Wow. And the most running back receptions the year before that. And the most running back receptions the year before that. that. Four straight years, the Falcons have allowed the most running back receptions. Yeah. Dalvin is going to have a bunch of receptions in this game. And as we saw in the preseason, just give him a little bit of space. Yeah. It's all you have to do with Dalvin Cook, and he can be gone. I love the opportunity to get him in space, get him the ball, get him a one-on-one against a linebacker, and sayonara Dalvin Cook. I love it. And, I just, and not only that, but, oh, hi, Chad. Chad Greenway's here with a, little, uh, with a little gray duck. Thank you very much. Yeah. I assume... Can I, can I assume that bottle's for me, by the way? Oh, with that bottle. It's not for me. It's specifically not for me. Okay. All right. Uh, yeah, so Dalvin Cook, well, I really think they've molded this offense much more in his image than Kirk Cousins' image. Yeah. They are, they're, they're working to get this running game going, and with a little bit of, uh, little bit of success here on the ground and plenty in through the air, Dalvin Cook is the Viking to own. Hey, Nordo, anything else with number 33? No, all good, man. All receptions all the time. Let's get it going, Dalvin. Yeah, let's move on to the single best game from which to pull fantasy football players. Uh, they both involve quarterbacks. The visiting quarterback could put up big numbers. It's this guy. Pulled down by Goff. That pedals pressure. There's a line drive in the end zone. Belt high, falling down. Touchdown reception. Gerald Everett, the tight end, grabs it. Hits the deck. Seven-yard Rams touchdown. Rams take the lead. 46 to 44. Jared Goff, courtesy Westwood One. Alas, but on the other side of the equation, playing for Norv, the other quarterback probably would run more in than Jared Goff. He's a beast. He's this guy. Offset eyebacks. Armand offset to the near side. The fake to McCaffrey. Newton's going left to the 10. Newton to the 5. Cam Newton has taken it home. Houdini. Nobody saw the football. Newton targets a bespectacled youngster in the stands and makes that person's day with the football. But more significantly, it makes it 33-14, to 14, Carolina. WBT Panthers Radio Network. Rams, Panthers, Paul, I have 10 starter, starting grade players oh my in God. this matchup. 10. Oh my God. 10 of them. Rams side, Jared Goff, one of my favorite quarterbacks of this week. He comes in at number four at the quarterback position with the addition of Cooper Cup. You know, Cooper Cup's back. He looks like he's going to be a factor right off the bat in this game. Like him, like Robert Woods, Brandon Cooks, all three receivers, definitely startable. And then, of course, Todd Gurley. Now, we don't know how much action Todd Gurley's going to get, but we presume he's going to get most of the carries. Yeah. But they've said all along to expect a timeshare backfield. We're going to see that split up more. But Todd Gurley's healthy for now, or we think he's healthy. They're not talking. Yeah. We think the knee is okay for now, so you start Todd Gurley while you can. You know, uh, Mouse and I, in our Canterbury League, we drafted Cooper Cup, and, yeah. and we got him like around round five or six, which may seem too high for Cooper Cup, but the take was... The Rams play three receiver sets, yeah. 85 to 90% of every game, which means Cup plays basically as much as a one or a two. Yeah. So, therefore, uh, I think there is season-long value, not only in Woods, who I like the most, but, uh, but Cooks and even Cooper Cup. Now, Cup averaged last year before the ACL injury 
He was averaging a touchdown per game, Paul. They treat him near the end zone like Todd Gurley. Wow. I mean, they they treat they throw to him inside the 10 and inside oh the 5 God. like you would run a running back. That's the beauty of Cooper Cup. The question only is just, is he, Paul, is his snap count off the ACL? Is it 10 snaps? Is Fair it point. 20 snaps? Is it 40 snaps? I, you know, point. We, we don't know. So that's the only X factor there. Hey, now uh, each and every week, 9 to noon, we'll offer up a, a quasi-obscure or maybe a little bit under-the-radar player that Paul Charchian from Fanball.com is imploring you to definitely not leave on your bench. This week, it's this guy. On second down, Stafford loads and throws left side. It is caught. Oh, baby, what a catch. T.J. Jones for the touchdown. Stafford fired it in there. Jones had to rearrange to make the catch and get both feet down. He did, beating Josh Jackson on the play, 23 yards for the score. The offense has been really clicking today. These guys have really been putting things together, really been finishing drives today. Not T.J. Jones, but Matthew Stafford, 760 WJR Detroit. Yeah, Matthew Stafford, this is really, this is Lions team is going to be run, run, run. And they'll run this week, but they're also going to pass. This is a Cardinal secondary missing both starting cornerbacks. Journeyman Tremaine Brock is going to start. Rookie Byron Murphy is going to start against Kenny Galladay and, and Marvin Jones. That is a massive mismatch. And Matthew Stafford, who went undrafted in many fantasy leagues, this is going to be one of those times you can play him with a fair measure of confidence. The only worry here is that they could just run their way to victory, but I think think the passing yards are going to be easy enough here, too. Lions are going to coast to an easy win, and Stafford should be just fine. Hey, that that elite second-to-none fantasy knowledge in verbal fashion available each and every Friday at the Fantasy Football Feast generally in the 935-ish segment. Which uh, Vikings should you use each and every game? Which game is the best fantasy game from which to pull players? And uh, make sure you don't leave player A on the bench. This week, it's Matthew Stafford. Great job by Nordo on the production. Information provided by Paul Charchian from Fanball.com. Hey, when we return... This guy, round of applause, Chad Greenway, joins 9 to noon each and every week at the Feast, courtesy of Grey Duck Vodka. Back after this. Now back to a Vikings football feast presented by Coors Light. Unloaded now. Register to win tickets to Minnesota United FC as they take on Pachuca. That's on Saturday. It's tomorrow, as a matter of fact, September 7th at Allianz Field, KFAN.com, keyword contest for all the info on how to win. Defenders in the history of Minnesota Vikings football is to my right, ladies and gentlemen, Chad. Let's go, Greenway. What up, tackling machine? Not too much. How's it going? Well, I, I um, 
I forgot how beautiful those Grey Duck uh, bottles are. Yes. Yeah, yeah take a the gander. Map, the map on the inside and everything. Wait, gander. Yeah, that, <laughs> you like yeah, that? Yeah, that's good. That's good. <laughs> that's I beautiful, like man. Yeah, man. Good to be back this year. Yeah. I can't wait. Good to see you, bud. Uh, yeah, we, thanks I believe, for having us. I believe it's Edina next week, if you can make it. We're there. Um, it's uh, into the uh, Lambeau Field game, so you, you, you know all about that. More on that next week. But uh, Chad and uh, his venture with Grey Duck Vodka is uh, a little over a year old. Uh, they had a big anniversary, like uh, within the last month, and um, and Grey Duck Vodka, which uh, which definitely has a Minnesota tie to it, if that matters to you, uh, will be assisting us with Chad all season for a second consecutive season, and uh, we thank you very much for that. But most importantly, fifty two, we thank Grey Duck. Yeah, thanks a lot. It's it's great to be back with Grey Duck, but most of all to keep us going, man. How long has this been going on the feast? Like eleven a years. Decade. That's yeah. a little, it's been a little long. It's been it's been unbelievable. Not yeah. not too long though, right? Well, it's <laughs> see, it's, but, drag, no, it's dragging. It's dragging. It's a little yeah, long. Yeah. See here, here's this the deal. Up. And God bless five two forever. I'm not I'm not going to lay out like in my 18 years the most significant on and off the field Vikings friends for me. I'm not going to like rank them or anything. I can tell you, Marcus Sherrills would be in there. Oh, Corey yeah. Chavis would be in there. Uh, but, I mean, you might be minus 140 to be right at the top. I Love mean, it. Personally and professionally, you and I have done a lot of things over the years. But I say too long or very long simply because when you were playing, with all due respect, because yep. I possess the same gene. You had the moody gene. Okay. No question about it. I don't know if you still have it because I'm not deeply rooted in your personal covenant with those beautiful baby I girls. I think it was rooted in football, so and I'm, I'm better now. I'm so, better now. Yeah, you, you had the moody gene. So there were times something would transpire in a game, and I may not exactly know what was happening, and I approached you in the locker room the wrong way, and, like, we would go eyebrow to eyebrows, chin to chins, or it could be at a Costco talking about certain Falcons outside <laughs> linebackers and where they rank in the NFL. But, uh, but you had the moody gene, my man, and sometimes I got the worst of it. No question about it. And guess what? It takes one to know one, right? A little bit. No doubt, man. I mean, it's, it's, more, it's more peaceful and relaxed just, now for both of us, but, man, we... And we and uh, charge might even have it too, man. We we have the moody gene. Absolutely, and there's times during that career too when you're when you're in the when you're in the mode, right? You're in season, whether you're doing a radio show or you're at a lock in the locker room after doing an interview after a loss or whatever happens. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I definitely possess that moodiness that comes with you know the competition of the NFL. No question about yeah, it. Yeah, but what, hey, way it, better now. Yeah, well, I was gonna say, what, I, how, what what's just, your excuse just, for uh, this morning? Just a dad now. I'm, I'm I'm delightful this morning. What are you talking about? Okay, now in your extremely successful run as a linebacker for the Minnesota Vikings. You saw a lot. You saw a lot of positives. You saw some negatives. And you saw some weird. I yeah. mean, like, the weird may be, I don't know. Um, Percy all, Harvin. All of 2010. No. Brad Childress. Yeah, right. I uh, think, Percy. I think yeah. when Randy. it comes to the weird, Randy. I think with all due respect, I can trump both of you. Most uh, likely. Wizenator TSA. <laughs> Ontario Smith. I was not here yet yeah, for that You weren't one. there for that. I missed that. Yeah. penis. Yeah. You missed that? <laughs> I missed that. Thank you. You sucker. I was the year after the boat deal. So, oh, my God. Yeah. yeah okay. so, I was, so you didn't even get on the boat? No, no, no. Wow. I was in college having a good old time down there in Iowa City, but I was not on the boat. He actually he was uh, working with the, the company that had the boats out there. So Al he got, Elma. He got whatever, to live yeah. vicariously hey, through it. So I bring that up because Antonio Brown and the Oakland Raiders, and their GM, Mike Mayock. I mean, that's weird. This is, we've never seen anything quite like this. I mean, there there have been plenty of difficult personalities oh, in the man. NFL, yeah. right? Oh, we yeah. lived through Randy Moss here, right? Yep. 
who was <laughs> the best receiver in the history of the team and yep. was so petulant, we traded him away at the height of his career. And then we brought him back five years later, yep. and he was such an ass, we couldn't even start him. I was there for that one. Yes, you were there for that part. <laughs> yes. Oh, well, you know, we lived through that. But this Antonio Brown thing. It's just it's uncharted just, territory. It's just bizarre. It's bizarre behavior. You look at what how Pittsburgh handled it last year, right? You kind of look at now at what how Oakland's doing it, and they're holding them more accountable maybe than Pittsburgh did. Because the only thing Pittsburgh didn't do is tell everybody about it. Yeah, they kept you know, it all the inside. The difference with Oakland now is yeah. everybody knows. Yeah. And to some degree, when you let everybody know like that to say, hey, listen, here's what's going on. Yeah. You know, you're outing him as a prima donna diva who's got to have everything his way. And he's a, you know, the fact that he's missing training camp and now he's complaining about being fined. Yeah. Like, guess what? There's, at that point, there's 73 other guys. Or how many other guys are there that are on that roster? They're going to work every day. Right. And they have more than just him as a superstar. And they're showing up. Yeah. And if they would not show up, they'd be fined. So right. for him to complain about something like that, then have the helmet drama, like, give me a break. Come on, man. Yeah. Like, there's like, there's like 10 models of helmets that Riddell makes themselves. Yeah. And they're shut. There's all these companies making helmets. Like, go find another helmet. It's over, man. We all had to move from the old style helmet into the new style. The styles are always changing with technology, as we should be, because yeah. it's better for us. It's just ridiculous right. this is happening. So did you have, like, this personal relationship with your helmet? Then you oh, never no wanted question. to have any other helmet? I mean, yeah, what is no, the, what's no the it thing is. I mean, here? You get used to the style and how, specifically, the face masks that come with them. So your vision, you know, yeah. for him as a receiver, it's so important to be able to have that vision. Sure. So you do get a relationship with the version of helmet. So what they typically would do is they would take that model if that model is now old they come up with a new model that was as similar to that old model as possible right and i would just shift into that one yeah and of course dennis ryan who's the best equipment guy in the game no question hands down would always have us prepared like months ahead of time like hey here's what's coming yeah, yeah. here's what's to gonna happen yeah, sure go retire this thing and hang it up in your house yeah and that's what we did okay and it's just it just wasn't a big deal and the fact that he's now like losing his mind over getting fined for missing and all this stuff is crazy because that's just that's what I love going back to the Vikings. Love about Zimmer and why I love him for this football team is because he coaches with accountability across the board. Yeah. And that's what the Raiders are doing. Yeah. And that's how it should be done. Because guess what? There's going to be other superstars that come, and he is special, and he is unique. There's no doubt about that. But sometimes he's a bigger headache than he has to be. There's no question about that. And I want to get back to Zimmer in a minute. But he's, you talk about this going public, right? But he's brought so much of this on himself. 100%. He's the one who put, who put the letter from Mike Mayock on Instagram. The social media, yeah. You know, he posted that himself, right? He's thre he threatens to sue the league over the helmet. Yep. He does this himself. I mean, yes. These are all things. The funniest thing I watched yesterday, yeah, I had ESPN on for like a split second in the afternoon. Yeah. And uh, they were talking. They were like roundtable discussion about this Antonio Brown situation. Of course. And um, I can't remember his name. The pass rusher from the Patriots, former, it's my age. He's now on ESPN as a, uh, as a cohort on there with like Justina Anderson, these other folks that are on there talking. And she was basically sticking up for Antonio Brown's situation and Antonio Brown. And, um, and the guy, what's his name? I can't think of it. Um, played for the Patriots for 11 years. Teddy Bruschi? And no, not, not Teddy. Good call, though. More recent. But either way, he, he's sitting there. You can see the look on his face. Like Willie McGinnis? He was just never in this situation. He was never, never dealt oh, with I something bet. like if this. Patriots? He was, yeah. he, and and, and for, the, for somebody to be like on Brown's side in this situation, yeah. he just saw was ridiculous. <laughs> Good. And the look on his face yeah. was just like, <laughs> when is she going to stop talking? Because this is absurd to be sticking up for the player when he's acting like a complete diva. Absolutely. So the team's got some remedies here that are, are pretty fascinating. 
Um, they're probably going to suspend him for this game, but they could suspend him for four games for conduct detrimental to the team. They could potentially void his entire contract. I, I, I tend to think that's what's going to happen. I do, personally. Too. I mean, at the headaches they've had with him, why, why would you continue to kick this thing down the road and no. continue to deal with issues? At the end of the day, like... I liken him to maybe a little bit like Percy Harvin, right? He creates the problems. He bounces this team. He creates more problems. He bounces to another team. And yeah. guess what? He's gone, and he can't yeah. get out of his own way. Now, given Brown's made a heck of a lot of money, and he's been, had a great career, uh, but at the same time, like, when you become more problem than good, you're going to be gone. Yeah, but you guys mentioned the Patriots. You know who's laying in the weeds? Belichick. 100%. Just yeah. waiting for this to absolutely go pear-shaped and sideways. Yep. And when he walks into New England, yeah. he'll act like an absolute saint. Just yeah. like Randy Moss did. Yeah. Right? Just like freaking Randy yeah. Moss. But you know hey, what? In 2010, we went to New hey. England and played there with yeah. Randy on our team. Uh. Yeah. And we took an L over there. Yeah. And literally Randy at the Ohio was just like, could not talk more about how great New yeah. England was and how special it is there and how unique it is there and how much better it is there than couple here. Of, That's why they win. A couple of things on this. Down memory lane we go. Uh, in that game. One of Brett Favre's final games uh, with the team. Yep. Throws a pass left. Moss gets by the DB. Randy stops running yep, at the five because he thinks the wind is carrying the ball out of the end zone. Ball falls two feet in front of him. Yep. Would have been a cinch touchdown that yeah. they needed like they needed to breathe. Did not go over well within the covenant. After the game, we got this press conference Chaz referencing. Randy basically cries about how much I miss Bill, how much I miss the culture here, how much I miss it here, yep. everything. Well, that was his last week with the team. But Belichick <laughs> will lay in the weeds, wait for this brown thing to go pear-shaped. He'll, 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 he'll slide in, he'll swoop in, because he and Mayock know each other well, by the way. And, um, and then all of a sudden, Brown won't play for three weeks. And Bill will be like, well, we got to get his feet right. Yep. And then they'll get his feet right. Yep. And then he'll come back, and that sucker will win the Kentucky Derby by 20 lengths. <laughs> and all the while winning games with the other guys he has on the <laughs> roster. Yeah. That's the worst part. How about this? Uh, Brown <laughs> left, Edelman uh, slot left yes. with that guy Josh, at quarterback. Josh Gordon right. Josh Gordon right. Yeah, Josh, Josh Gordon overrated right, but we can deal with that. Okay. <laughs> I agree. 100% agree on that yeah, take. Good luck yes. with that Josh Gordon scheme. Yeah, it's uh, it, this is... We haven't seen something like, you know, your own team having to, like, sue you to void your contract yeah. the week before the start of the season. It's just uncharted. I, and I'll say this about the Raiders organization who gets laughed at in a lot of cases for yeah. how they handle situations. They could not be handling this more correctly other than the fact they've made it public. But like you but, said, they've had yeah. to because of what he's done. Yeah. And, and by so, the way, hard not credit, being there doesn't help matters. Well, right. Either. And, and, and this, this next, I think the last episode, right, will come up? Or no, are they no, done? Over. Are they done? It's over. I mean, can you imagine there's one more? Oh, God. Oh. Yeah, worst hard not oh. in the history of the show. You know what's funny, with though? So much potential. Had yeah, they I had agree. one more week. Yeah, I know. <laughs> they could have covered this. No, no they quote. wouldn't have, though, because the team has creative uh, control of the show. Right, they wouldn't right. have shown anything. They'd have killed it. Now, sure. conversely, from a Rube standpoint, uh, Cleveland went too far. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you got Hugh Jackson, Todd Haley, and, uh, and, and the GM, John Dorsey, just undressing some freaking player in episode three. But that's what, that's what we want to see. Boom. Yeah. That's what we want to that's see. That's what the people right. want to see, but that's right. not what the players yeah. for no, sure want to see. Well, I know that. Yeah. I, did, I did this every year. When they talk about where Hard Knocks was going to be, yeah. please don't be <laughs> here. Yeah, right. Because uh, it's just a pain in the butt. Well, no, of course, nobody wants it there, <laughs> yeah. but it's great Ow. for fans love Hard Knocks. They do. Yeah. They do. No question. It's your, you get this rare insight into what's happening behind closed doors that you never get to see. Yeah, so no doubt. People love it. And we, and, have a, we have a game changer of Buffalo Wild Wings Grill and Bar. His name is Chad Greenway. Let's mix in some Vikings football, preview the Falcons. 
And uh, Chad has played against Matt Ryan. Can't wait to talk about uh, some of these Matt Ryan tendencies we will get this weekend. Uh, Matty Ice, very good. Likewise for our every Friday guest, courtesy of Gray Duck Vodka. Number 52, Chad Greenway, is at Buffalo Wild Wings in Oakdale. Hey, Chad Greenway, ladies loud, and folks. gentlemen. It's my main man right here. And we'll be right back. Now back to a Vikings football feast presented by Coors Light on .com. It's Tommy's Tailgates. Join Power Trip contributor, former Gopher offensive lineman Tommy Olsen at Buffalo Wild Wings in Dinkytown for two hours before Gopher football kickoffs at all home games this season. Come enjoy Truly Hard Sensor, uh, Seltzer, Red Bull, and Coors Light drink specials with our guy Tommy Olsen. KFAN.com, keyword events for all the info. Weekend, 10 o'clock for the pregame. Jack Greenway with us at Buffalo Wild Wings Oakdale for the inaugural 2019 Friday football feast. What's up? Uh, Matt Ryan. Yep. Uh, Zimmer is 3-0 against the Falcons, and uh, thus he's 3-0 against Matt Ryan. Uh, you may remember a game, I believe it was 2014 at the College Stadium. Um, yeah, you yep. definitely were on the team. Where yep. You guys beat the Falcons in a high-scoring game. Yes. And Mike Tice was offensive line coach for uh, the Falcons. Yes. Things got so bad in the fourth quarter, he lost so many offensive linemen. They're they're rolling out Levine Toilolo, the tight end, is like one of their tackles. <laughs> yes, 100% remember that. For the entire quarter. That game also uh, was uh, Teddy Bridgewater, the first start of Teddy Bridgewater's career. Matt Asiata had three touchdowns in that yes. game. Yes, yes. Uh, but... Um, with Zimmer v. Ryan, or your elite football mind remembering how Matt likes to play, yeah. what can you share? Great at pe- play-action passing game. I mean, elite. I think his, his ability to uh, handle the football yep. uh, with his eyes especially, show, show handoff, roll out, and then, and, you know, back when I was playing against him, I don't even know who their coordinator is right now, but that long action. The Dirt zone- cutter, though. Oh, yeah. So d- the long zone-type action runs. Uh, similar to what our offense will be running this year. Yeah. Um, really coincide with their passing game. They do a great job of marrying run game with mm-hmm. passing game, which from a second level you know, defender for like me, you hate that. Impossible. Hate I mean, it, it's right? impossible. You saw some yeah. of that stuff last night um, with the play action passing game from Rodgers, and he just torched uh, the Bears on that. The game ended up being the game winning drive. Yeah. Um, just the, with the play action the game. The only drawing. good drive. Yeah. Yeah. It was disgusting. But. Um, so he's so good at that. He's so good at making reads. He's so good at making changes up front yeah. uh, with what he sees in protection. He's a smart guy. Um, I do think uh, that he's not as great of a decision maker, obviously under pressure like yeah. some of the other elite guys are. Sweet. So I do think that when we get a chance to get after him on third downs and we mm-hmm. can get them in those long situations, I do think that our, our, our uh, blitz packages are going to get home. I really do. It always has worked against him and their protections, whether it's him being the issue or their protections being the issue. Zimmer has always found a way to get after him, yeah. and I think it's going to be the same thing this uh, this week. And they're starting two rookies on the offensive line. Um, Very those, helpful. You know, and here comes a Mike Zimmer. You know, with all the ways he disguises, yep. his, you know, his his pre-snap, you know, yep. reads. Uh, yep. You know, that's that's asking a lot for that offensive line to hold up against the, against the Vikings defensive line and linebackers. And right? what ends up happening is this: is so 
what Zimmer's the best at defensively is identifying protections from offensive lines. Okay. So an offensive line will walk up, and you see a center, and everybody hears them right. They, they point. Yeah. They may point left and say Ron, right? Or they may point left and say something else with an R, or point right and say something with an L in it. Yeah. Right? So they're trying to disguise which direction they're going to go in protection. So the handy-dandy uh, center <laughs> or the, the ref mic, yeah. center mic, picks up all that communication. So we get that from the TV copy. We watch all that film. We see them point left and go right. Yeah. So we know we're not going to listen to the point. Yeah, we're going to listen to the words. Attention to that. Yeah. So when you're walked yeah. up in the A-gaps on third down and you're trying to run a blitz, you know where the center's going, which means you know the entire protection, where the line's going, where the running back's going to fill in. Then we, Mike Zimmer, will adjust off of that. Wow. So he's wow. going to hear it. He's going to yeah. see it. The, the linebackers will communicate internally and then to the, the protections or the uh, coverage, and boom, we hit him in the side of the head. Um. Can you repeat the part of you <laughs> about all about the thing? The thing. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's fascinating. I, yeah. I always ah. assumed that on a game-to-game basis yep. that teams change their, their – 100 percent. Change their you – know, their, In-game their they change. Stuff. Right, right. In-game. So that, Tampa, so, like, for one good example about that is yeah. the game we won in Tampa when A.B. Uh, had the uh, pick six to end the game. Was that an overtime, I think? You remember that yes, game? Yes. So I think it was an overtime. We win the game on a pick six. We could not figure out their protections. Wow. We okay. made like three mistakes in a row. And then typically, like, we pride ourselves, especially on third downs, as being exact on every snap because we know what's going to happen. We know the communication. Well, they completely flipped everything, and we had a hard time identifying what was going on. Yeah. And so we come to silence super upset hmm. because we, we thought we had a doubt. You know, all week you prepare, all week you're ready, you show yeah. up the game, yeah, you get sure. the first couple right, they adjust, and you can't adjust at the same time. Yeah, sure. And um, so we end up coming back and getting the win. But those protection games happen internally in all these in all thirty two franchises every week. Yeah. Our guy is just the best at it. Yeah. And that's that, why he's elite. Yeah, you were upset because Mike Glennon looked you off, man, with that long neck and stroked the post with Cameron Bray. <laughs> that's, that's not what true. He did. None of what you said is true. Austin Safarian Jenkins <laughs> yeah. on that ass. It was Safarian Jenkins. <laughs> but Glennon did not get me, that's for sure. And but I, the protections I, did get us. Mike Glennon's never the got best. anybody. Yeah, so, know. you know. <laughs> they were they were in, it took us to overtime. Uh, we were a pretty good football team. I but. wonder if Merton <laughs> Hanks is Mike Glennon's dad <laughs> because of that neck though. I don't think so, but Merton Hanks has the Iowa Hawkeye cred, so we love Merton. Well, Merton, game I didn't remember he played at Iowa. Yeah, well, was he doing remember the head that thing now? Then? Was he doing the next thing? Of course he was. Then? Was he even then? I don't know. Uh, yeah. All right, <laughs> help, uh, help, charge and I here. Um, three times against the Vikings, Zimmer three and zero against Falcons. Yep. Xavier Rhodes v Julio Jones. Yeah, he shadows him every game. Don't yep. really see any reason he wouldn't this game. No. Um, Julio elite, like 1,677 yards last year, number one in the NFL. Julio's elite, okay? He's a big guy, too. Don't you think? I mean, Xavier is a former teammate of yours, so you know which receivers give him the most trouble and which don't. It's my belief that the bigger, thicker, gliding kind of bits like Julio, Xavier matches up really well with them, Mm -hmm. but Jones is averaging 54 receiving yards per game against Zimmer, Zero TDs. Yep. Yeah, it's a great stat line. And I can remember, you know, and the only question I have about that and why I made a kind of a smirk is can we all be in love, Xavier, teammate, great sure. teammate, good guy, but has he really shown, like, hey, he's that elite corner that he has been these last four or five years? And I don't know that I answered that question yes right now. Right now, today. Yeah, yeah. But as you said, your point is 100% on is he's better against physical, bigger yeah. receivers. That's his game. Yeah. You When people walk up and see Xavier for the first time, they're like, Oh my gosh, he's like a he's a 
bigger than a safety. Yeah. He's bigger than Harrison Smith. Yeah. And this guy's covering these all these speedy guys. You know, Trey is much more of that speedy in and out of breaks right. quicker. Xavier's much of a longer strider, and, and but he's physical. Those guys aren't going to Debo him out there. But the, uh, the thing about it is, is, is he where he's been? I don't know that. And, you know, so I wonder if he, you know, because we're a little short in the back end, in my estimation, with kind of the, the roster. Oh, for sure. You almost either have to say, yes, we're going to shadow, right? And just, you and just roll with it because he's yeah. proven to be able to do that. I think you And do. You, you start with that. If it doesn't work out, you rotate guys through and just give them different looks. Um, I think because Julio Jones, physical on physical. Ridley, on yep. the other side, ran a 4-3-8. So he's the speed guy. That's Trey Waynes. He's a 4-3 guy, yeah. too. So It's a good matchup there I for think, Trey. Right. I think, yep. I think that's why you just play those guys straight up and keep your fingers crossed. You know, I, we all feel like, I think most people feel like Xavier was way more inconsistent last year. But he also had this nagging hamstring all season long. And Let's talk else. about Xavier Quick and his nagging injuries. Yeah, okay, he okay. always has a nagging injury. <laughs> have you ever seen a guy lay on the field more than Xavier Rhodes no. in your career calling football games? Well, I have to concede that there are a few times where he's gone down in a heap where I had to look up in the stands and wonder if somebody shot him. Yeah, <laughs> we would be in games after That's we had watched the film back. Sorry, Lester. And it was like, what happened to Xavier? Yep. Yeah. And he's like limping off and then he's back in the next play. Like, I he know, couldn't I, walk. Yeah, it's like a dragging, soccer player. Yeah, dragging a limb behind <laughs> they sprayed you. Some ice on it and away you go yeah so uh, that'll be I, the hope i think the preseason game as well got people a little bit rattled because yeah. you know xavier clearly included. wasn't trying or yeah. i don't know but well, back, to your, drive got well, me back to your point about yeah for sure but that point you brought up earlier and i was listening to you guys about the pack in the bear game last night which was yeah. terrible was forensic bad. files was a much better watch last you don't night get yeah, it. yeah well and, you're but you're, but but the thing about it is is as you mentioned not playing in the preseason is important. Thank you. I always, as a player, you had to play. You had to get the speed of the game. You Thank had to you. get the contact. Yeah. That was my and, and take. It, it literally catches you up. It catches your body, your eyes up to the speed of the game and what's going on. Thank you. It's like stepping from college into pros. Everything's just faster. Practice to games is faster. Yeah. Yeah. And so because Xavier's played, I feel better now that he is going to be more prepared. I hope you so. know, had he just sat out and not played and not got the reps, listen, he didn't, he didn't look great, yeah. but he got the reps. We know he's great. Can he come up, match up, and obviously escalate his game up to back where it has been and, and control Julio. Uh, Kirk Cousins. Now, um, 52 popped in the studio yesterday when uh, yours truly had 51, Ben Lieber, his longtime friend and, uh, and, and teammate on the radio show. So I'm like, I, I, I'm going to frame it up this way for 5-2. <laughs> Let him answer it how he wants. Then I want to segue into Cousins. 52, Chad Greenway. Do you believe the Minnesota Vikings 2019 version are closer to a 12 and 4 team or an 8 and 8 team and why I think they're closer to a 12 and 4 team okay and the reason why and I I have believed this even last year and more so this year with the roster being more settled in my opinion yeah okay. this team is going to 100% success wins losses you know 8 and 8 12 and 4 is 100% on Kirk mm. and that's my take and Ben talked both Ben's points were defense and the defense has to be there. If you're going to be an elite team, for this team to be 12-4, and four, the defense is not negotiable. It's got to be there. We've got to rely upon it every week. But Kirk has to take the step of beating Green Bay, yep. beating Chicago, well, beating beat playoff Green, teams. Beat beating Green Bay twice. Beating, oh, no, beating, a tie. beating winning teams. Yeah, I got you. Okay, which they weren't last year. I got you. Beating winning teams consistently. If he does that, this team can win but, it all. But, honey, I'm, I'm Chad, I'm completely surprised that you know more about the ultimate team game than anybody. Yeah. And you would put 100% of anything on anybody well, in the team game. Now, 100% is okay, not fair. Got you. But 
with Kirk, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong here, with 4,300 yards and 30 TDs, you should win more than eight games as a quarterback, correct? No question. No question. Okay, now the way Kirk puts it, and he's put it multiple times to yours truly, and Paul Charchin was there one time when he said it first. He wants to play with a, quote, quiet mind, end quote. Yeah. How do you get there? I mean, that's so you draft Bradbury, you move Elfline. Uh, Elfline won a national championship with Ohio State as a guard. Yep. 15 starts at guard. Cook up and he's good to go. Madison behind him's cool. They draft super special Irv in the second round. Thielen and Diggs. Yep. BB's cool. You got the whole thing, man. And and now you got Stefanski, who you know better than anybody. Super chill. Steady. Super yep. even keel. Yep. Kevin Stefanski lives, Kirk, with a quiet mind. Yes. And you got Gary Kubiak in the mix with all this Super Bowl cred. Yep. Seriously, main man, with all due respect, anything else we can do for you? Yeah. yeah. So now, find that quiet and, mind. And here's the thing. There's a reason not everybody's like Tom Brady, right? There's a reason that not every quarterback, elite or not, doesn't ha- they don't have the quiet mind everybody. I don't care how much ability any of these guys have. Right. You can't walk up to the line on third down in a critical situation, down whatever, six, needing a touchdown, and make the right read, make the right throw, right. make the right protection call. Yeah. Right? You're doing all those things with a clear mind. There's guys that can get it done. There's guys that can't. I do think he is the guy that's going to get it done. I really believe that. That Kirk, we, as mentioned, we have all these pieces around him. We have a yeah, great defense. Yeah. Um, we have a, the specialist figured out, right? <laughs> <laughs> right? I feel and, all right with it. <laughs> so like you said, clear mind, absolutely, let's go get the wins. But now, got you. as a player, it's about creating that clear mind with your preparation, got you. your fundamentals. You just let that stuff take over. It's on him. To me, it's a team game. He is the most important piece of the team for success this year. Got you. So much of the offseason is built around putting Dalvin Cook in a position to really have a much bigger role. Yeah. I think they're doing that in part to just take another little bit of pressure off of Kirk and not ask him to go win every game. Well, what's the which, best? What's the best way to get a good passing game? Yeah, right. To have a running great game. running game. Yeah, yes, right. Sir. I mean, yeah. talking again, second level defenders. When you can run the football and they have to believe you. Yeah. There's nothing harder to defend than when a team is truly, you know, both uh, multidimensional. Yeah. And we talk about it every time I played, and we talked on Fridays. What's the most important thing this week? Make a team one-dimensional. Right. If you can make a team throw the football, Boom. you got them. Right. Now you have Zimmer calling the plays. Like, hey. feel pretty good about that. And that's why when talking to Zimmer and or Stefanski about what they expect from this offense, they will use one word, super hardcore inside football word, but we can all figure out what it is, multiple. Yeah. We want to be multiple. 100%. And that, that plays into deception. That plays into stretch right. Slow, slow, slow. Whoa! Yep. Big pass to Conklin over on the left. Uh, set up a screen right. No, here's somebody on a shallow cross. Or a play action or a handoff to Dalvin. I mean, multiple options yep. per deception. And with the running game, very, that's how you... Very sensual. That's how you finish games. Yeah. You have a lead in the second half. That's how you finish games. Right. That's how you put teams away. That's how you get final drives to, to control the ball, control the clock, and finish when you have a lead. Right? So, and then being multidimensional when you're trying to come back and not having to throw the ball 70 times, right? Be able to run the football within drive situations gotcha. successfully. Most of this league doesn't know how good Dalvin Cook is. They think he is a above-average player yeah. Who's, yeah. Just been, who's constantly hurt. That's the narrative for most people on Dalvin Cook. It's time. Dalvin Cook is a top five running back talent in this league if it and only needs a an average offensive line performance to unlock a crazy season if, for him if if right, right. that's the thing about the nfl it's you gotta show me boom right and for it's many great. years like five two well you have to be 
are you going to consistently show up week in and week out? Mm -hmm. Can you get healthy? Can you get right? Can you go out and perform? And that's the end of the day. There's how many guys out there are super talented? You know, watch out for this guy. He's going to be unbelievable. Yeah. You never hear of him. Yeah. Because he can't put it together. And I, I, I think he will as well. And that's what you have to see it. I have the ultimate name for you in closing here on this. It's an apples and oranges, but it's still both in the same fruit family. Galvin, 15 games in two years. Got to stay healthy. Go ahead and give us 1,550 to 1,800 yards from scrimmage this year. Love it. Charchi says that's exactly who you are, so we shouldn't be surprised. Until proven otherwise, when you guys were talking about the if, 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 Sam Bradford. Yeah. Okay? Sam Bradford, had he played 14, 15, or 16, nine consecutive years? Yeah. HOF talent. Right. Yeah. HOF right. talent. Couldn't get it done. If. Know. What if could, and when, right? What could have been? Can you, and you put can it almost together. say that with Andrew Luck too? One hundred percent. I mean, and, Andrew, you know, because he had yeah. those. Injuries. You really can. Yeah, yeah. Andrew, it's a great example. What could have been? But yeah. Bradford, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. So hopefully, we're moving Delvin out of this category <laughs> into the elite category with yards, right? Yeah. Got you. Uh, in closing, got anything to share about Gray Duck and football this weekend? Yeah, announced a, a huge partnership, a football feast partnership with Cub Foods. Yeah. Love working with local companies like Cub. Uh, so we're going to be all over the metro, all 25 Cub locations. Uh, but today, I am dropping off two cases of signed bottles at Damn. three east side locations. So if you're listening to the e, uh, on the east side, gotcha. uh, if you're on the east side, are these if you're here at B-Dubs in Oakdale, or? right? we are going to be at yep. uh, the Cub Foods in Stillwater, the Cub Foods in Oakdale, and the Cub Foods in White Bear Lake. Gotcha. So meet me there like in at 45 minutes. I'll put your name on it, too. I'm oh, going to drop these off. All right. um, so we're going to have 8K stacks in all three stores, um, and there'll be some signed bottles at those three locations. But Cub Foods, uh, love working with these these types of companies. Yeah. Um, they've been great, been generous, and they've been loving the duck. So uh, thank, can't, <laughs> loving can't the duck. thank you guys enough. High fives for everybody. Let's do it. Hey, Chad Greenway, man. Love this guy. Best of luck to Gray Duck and 5-2. All right. Uh, when 9 to Noon continues, we mix in, of course, some more football conversation because it's the feast. But we also celebrate your favorite Major League Baseball team, Eddie Rosario from left field last night. Rosario in Cleveland took a fat L, too. Uh, those conversations and much more when 9 to Noon continues at FM 100.3 KFAN. It's another jam-packed Friday football feast with P.A. and Charge on The Fan. What's up, Paul Allen? Uh, imploring you, excuse me, inviting you to go to Quick Trip. You stop by Quick Trip, and uh, you can take advantage of the daily special. Uh, the daily specials are available via the website each and every day. Uh, the daily specials are terrific. And when you stop by Quick Trip, you know what you need to do. You purchase a Pepsi product, and then you make sure you are part of the Quick Rewards Covenant. Because if you are, you have qualified to take part in the Vikings Opening Drive Contest. Tickets at stake. Hey, get your Vikings tickets, courtesy of Quick Trip in the Opening Drive Contest. And uh, once you read about this contest and the opportunity to, uh, to really, really profit, uh, you're absolutely going to love it. And that Quick Rewards program is free. Seriously, what are you waiting for? Download the Quick Rewards app so you can stay in touch with everything we're doing at a company and a store in Quick Trip where we are big on fresh and we are big on Vikings football. It is Quick Trip, and you can learn more about all this at quicktrip.com. <laughs> Just listen. Hey, we 
much else to say. There are many, many positives I can get out of this game. When you're hot, you're hot. Time for two more. Minnesota Twins fans here happy when the Cleveland Indians lose? Any Minnesota Twins fans here fearful of the big bad Yankees in the postseason? Crickets, I hear a no. Be careful for what you wish. More on that in coming days because last night somebody had a cannon in left field and it settled the bet 3-2 base. They're sending the runner in. Here's Rosario. Throw to the plate. Wow. And they got him. Wow. What a throw by Rosario in left field. A one-hop strike. And the Twins win it 2-1. to one. Courtesy of Fox Sports North, gentlemen. Uh, Charchi. That was um, maybe the play of the year so far. Maybe. Maybe. Hold that on. throw was unbelievable. No, no, no. Long play. You created the term long play. I popularized it. Let's go long play. It's going to happen. So you need to, given how persnickety, excuse me, how professional you, you are, you mentally need to start preparing for it. Because about three weeks from now, um, Twins, New York Yankees postseason. It's happening. And the disdain you have for the New York Yankees will start boiling over. Oh, yeah. And I don't want it impacting your fantasy football judgment and, like, you know, publicly releasing names like David, uh, excuse me, uh, publicly <laughs> releasing names to your followers that just don't come through. This uh, is, this most likely is going to happen, Birchie. Are yeah. you ready for it? I am ready for the Twins to exercise yes. this freaking ghost and be done with the Yankees. I, you know, oh, uh, the, my God. The Yankees are probably a better team. I don't care. I just, I want for once, I want the Twins to just go hammer that squad yeah. in a meaningful game. Right. I, I so much would love to see that. I'm so tired hey. of everything ends at the Yankees. Yeah. Any, any postseason hopes you have yeah. ends at the Yankees. You know, if you rewind six weeks ago, series in New York, lose a bunch. I just, I don't, I just want to be done with the Yankees. You were encouraging me to cheer for the Yankees a couple of weeks ago when they were taking on Cleveland. Can't Made do sense. it. Can't do it. You don't get it. Can't do it. Okay. I'm never going to root for the Yankees. Okay, but guess what? That, that bet's in the rearview mirror. Now, yours truly and Nordo, we both came off extended layoffs in the summer, like right into Vikings training camp. And yeah. uh, lo and behold, uh, John Sterling's team was rolling into Target Field. Yeah. And so, like, we caught up on the narrow casting leader and the opinions and, like, followed everything and gravy trained, gleam and stakes and stuff like that. And per usual, there was bullpen and or starting pitching consternation with the Twins. Yeah. And Barrios was going better then. Dyson and Romo were not yet on the team, whatever. Nordo and I were like, can we see the forest for the trees here? Now, granted, we got me loved, okay? Two out of three was bad. And back in May, we were red freaking hot, just beat the Astros in a series, like a four-game series. We won three of four, two of three or something. Yeah. And we went to Yankee Stadium red hot, and we got meatloaf. Two yeah. out of three was bad. So those are the past performances. 
off this layoff, Nordo and I like looked at each other like, I mean, we, we can trip on Gibby and Perez and, 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 and the people in the bowl. Tri- trip on it all you want. The identity of this team is that of hitting. The identity of this team is that it is legitimately, and if you look at it statistically, don't at me, can't argue with me, yeah. the greatest home run hitting team in the history of Major League Baseball. They already set the record. We still got games to play. Yeah, That's the identity. Ride the identity. I don't care if it's Justin freaking Verlander or CC Sabathia with the Yankees. Your identity is hitting. If you're not hitting and you're not hitting home runs, you're not going to win games. So ride the identity. End of story. Bet settled. Let's go Nelson Cruz. That's the path to victory, right? Is through the Twins bats and hitting home runs. Yeah. Right? They've you're setting That's our identity, they, man. They have set the all-time record for home runs in a season. Yeah, okay. If they if, you know, if they're going to beat the Yankees, Mother. they need to score you know, you got to get into the five, six runs, most games kind of situation. The starting pitching for the Twins, by and large, hasn't been good enough yeah. to make you feel that you're going to go win a three-one ball game. I don't, I don't know that those, I don't know that those, I don't think our pitching is at that point right now. The no, starting pitching not. just isn't there. Okay, and guess they what? They got to get, they got to get into the five, six, seven run range. Right. Okay. So, like as of now, they're set to meet the Houston Astros in the ALDS. I don't want any part of that. Personally speaking, I don't think it's going to work out that way, the way the schedules look for the Yankees and the Astros the rest of the way. But that's my opinion. I, I don't want to deal with that. I, yeah, seriously. But wait, wait, wait. The, the, Astros, the Astros have the best record in baseball. By right? a game. By a game. Yeah. They would play, if it ended right now, they would play the wild card winning team. Oh, I think they do. Twins I don't not, know. Twins are not going to be in the wild card. I'm just relaying so information. Think, I don't want to bore okay. people. And Yanks are up by a game, guys. Yanks have Great. the best record in the AL as of now by a game. Great. Thank you. Thank you. But it's if you look at Yankees and or Astros, I don't want to play the Astros in the first round, man. Mm-hmm. Seriously, I don't want to hook. I don't want to hook Cole and Verlander, and no. then our guy Presley all of a sudden is healthy, and he's like in the middle of the game. And and, and here's the other thing: they're the only hitting team that's comparable to the Twins, are the Astros. And so, oh, the Yankees absolutely are. Absolutely. Uh, well, statistically, when yeah. I'm looking at when I'm looking at like season long statistics, yeah, it's like Twins Astros are always one and two in all all of the power categories. Yeah, so I feel like. Ooh. The Astros can beat you both ways easier than the Yankees Multiple. can beat you both ways. Hey, um, uh, looking at one of these 9,000 TVs of Buffalo Wild Wings Oakdale, yeah. uh, Steelers-Patriots Sunday night, who do you like and why? Steelers are, are going to go to the Super Bowl, so I, I, what? I like the Steelers. You got the Steelers in the Super Bowl? I do. Playing who? Uh, the Eagles. Wow, Eagles? Ste- Whoa, look how nostalgic you are for this all Pennsylvania thing. Yep. It's going to be yeah. a Pennsylvania Super Bowl, uh, in my opinion. Yeah. Steelers-Eagles. Uh, Steelers, uh, Steelers, I think the Steelers... I can't take the Steelers, the Steelers to the Super Bowl. Are you kidding yeah. me? Why not? Uh, well, it's, I mean, it's contrarian. It's patented charge. It's, uh, I just don't like their overall roster for the balance of a season, specifically defensively, stopping certain players in big spots in the postseason. Um, ben Roethlisberger, Super Bowl, Super Bowl mm-hmm. trained, no right? doubt. Super Bowl resume, no doubt. Mike Tomlin, Super Bowl winning resume. Yeah, well, they're not they even that. They're not they, even winning their division. Oh yeah. So are. you're gonna have to come from the wild card like Eli Manning. <laughs> <laughs> well, you are. Well, do you, I think you're wrong. We'll you think the Browns are going to win the division, right? No. I assume. Who do no. you think? Well, who do you, who do you have? Ravens. No. Ravens with puncher's chance win division, John Harbaugh. No way. Okay, we'll see. We'll find out. Last time uh, we made a bet, um, I took you for 20. You did take me for 20. So when you're uh, making another one, I'm going to leave ahead. All right, fine. Uh-huh.
Steelers, I think Steelers. Got you. Steelers survived last year, almost made the playoffs through the Le'Veon Bell and Great. Antonio Brown distraction. That's special. Defense has been improved upon systematically through that, the draft for special. years. Yeah. Juju Smith-Schuster is terrific. They're, they've got a stable of running backs that can move the ball, Dynamite. and they've, st- they've still got an excellent quarterback. I, th- I think the Steelers put God it all together you. here. God bless you. My Super Bowl prediction? Yeah. Uh, very difficult to predict the Super Bowl, so I had no idea, but I can tell you this. Vikings-Falcons NFC title game, and you're on your own after that. So you think this is just, this is the first of two meetings with the Falcons. You think it's not, Bertie? Really? Uh, When 9 to noon continues, we segue to Vikings and Falcons. Uh, Minnesota Vikings insider from Vikings.com, Mike Wabshaw, joins us. It's 9 to noon. I'm Kirk Cousins. This is the Friday Football Feast on The Fan. The Fan. First things first, name is Wobby. So excited for this, he slept in the lobby. Purple positivity reigns when he joins the mix, spinning super happy tracks and optimistic hits. Crack the mic, spread love for the Vikes. Everything out of his mouth makes the meter spike. Shaking hands, kissing babies on his way to offer big time takes in Monday's mailbag. So who that W-O-B-B-Y already thinks we're playoff bound and he's not high. In the press box, you'll find him in the back, quietly cheering, hiding behind the coat rack. Wobby. Vikings.com guy with sex appeal At least that's how one lady feels Segment ends, fun's over in an instant Till next time, we'll miss him He's so wobby If you didn't know He's P.A. Insider Wobby, and welcome to the feast. Thank you. Good to be back. Wobby, Vikings.com, a weekly guest at the Friday Football Feast, and uh, we are a couple of days in front of the Vikings and Atlanta Falcons. It's a noon kickoff, Charchi. It's a noon kickoff between uh, two uh, teams that I, I think both have real playoff aspirations, legitimate. I mean, they all aspire to be a playoff team. They all do. Yep. But these are two teams that, that should be able to be in that conversation in, in December. And um, both teams, I think, are are really similar in a lot of ways. Both have rebuilt offensive lines that really struggled at times last year. Mm -hmm. And that is one of the key things they have in common. Uh, Vikings have a defensive line that I think can take advantage of their, any problems their offensive line has a little more than than they do um, that way. Um, Both teams coming off a disappointing season last year. feel like they got a a chip on the shoulder, something to prove. Yep. Um, Falcons ended up have a pretty good excuse built in because of the devastating series of injuries that they went through last year. Right. Um, Vikings would probably point at an offensive line that torpedoed a lot of their their efforts last year. Um, And... Uh, for, so both teams, I think, are similar that way. And then the matchups are really similar, too. Yeah. you got a big physical Julio Jones against one of the most physical cornerbacks in the league. you got a speed receiver in Calvin Ridley against a speed cornerback in Trey yeah. Waynes. Yeah, right? I mean, you have defensive-minded head coaches. You have dope yeah. teams. You have veteran kickers after, you know, some tumultuous times. in the Yeah, pre- yeah I mean, you, you have teams where there's a parallel between these two teams for sure. Mm-hmm. Both of these teams think they can win their division this year. Yeah. And one of them's going to start 0-1. Yeah, one's right. gonna, yeah, one starts in a, in a, in a tricky 0-1 well, spot. Atlanta's going to start 0-1. Let's, well, let's hope so. I um, so. Um, I'm, I, but I, I, am, I am rather nervous about this game because uh, this is it. You know, 
This is Julio Jones. He is going to the Hall of Fame. Matt Ryan will probably go to the Hall of Fame when everything is said and done. Um, Calvin Ridley in his second year is extremely explosive. Put up the 10 touchdowns last season, which you know no, first-year receivers almost never do. Yep. You know, you're in like the Randy Moss conversation yep. of rookie receivers that have double-digit touchdowns. Um, there's a this is this is a, a a particularly tricky game that way. Let's uh, let's start with Julio Jones. Okay. Uh, you know, if, if you tell me we can get that average line that Mike Zimmer's been able to get against Julio Jones of four catches, 53 yards, and no scores. Take it. I feel a lot better about the Vikings' chances of winning this game. Yeah. Um, now, so, you know, when, when we look at it from a matchup perspective, what do you think the chances are that Julio will, they will line Julio up in the slot from time to time? Whoa, yeah. Michael. Yep. And Yeah. Uh, the reason to do that is Rhodes doesn't play the slot. Well, right. You and know, now and, you're getting Mackenzie Alexander on it. And no matter who's on you, you get a free release from the slot. You're yep. off the line of scrimmage, and you're yep. going to get a free release. Yeah. Uh, now, Mohamed Sanu is the yeah, normal. Yeah, normally they're slot guys. He is an elite slot receiver. So you're taking Sanu off his spot. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, how many times can you be the Falcons and look at Julio Jones versus Xavier Rhodes and just be like, we're going to keep doing the same. No, we're going to do something different now. Yeah. Right? So I'm, I'm going to be curious to see how Atlanta does that, how they move him around uh, the be, formation. I, I think there's something to be said for that. Although Mackenzie Alexander is a pretty physical corner himself, and I think um, I, I, I would not automatically panic if that matchup materialized a bunch of times and it wasn't Xavier Rhodes. Yeah. For me, that would not. Well, I, I wouldn't. I wouldn't sweat it too much. And here's the thing: at the end of the day, too, and we talk a lot about Xavier versus Julio when we talk Vikings versus Falcons. Mm-hmm. X Xavier versus Julio when we talk about uh, Falcons versus Vikings. Yes. <clears throat> um, but I mean, pass defense is the combination of rush and coverage. It's not just coverage. It's rush and coverage. And, right. And to Chad Greenway's point earlier in the show, when you guys had him on here. You know, Atlanta's going to have to handle, especially in, in second and third and long, they're going to have to handle looks that the Vikings give them. And fight. even if they find a way for Julio to shake free from Xavier, if they are not protecting the right way with two rookies on the right side in yeah. U.S. Bank Stadium, skull chanting on third down, <laughs> it's not going to matter. Right? Like they have to protect. So yeah. And that's, that's a big task that's this week bad. against the Vikings. Uh, for sure. And that's um, that will be... That will be no small part of the determination of the outcome of the game is how much pressure you can get on Matt Ryan and how many yeah. how many passes you can disrupt sacks pressure. Yeah. yeah. Now He's I don't I don't want to steal your thunder because you're probably coming up with this, uh, but Atlanta has a really good tight end that we need to also worry about. Yeah, awesome. in this game. I don't know if I got a really good tight end. How yeah. about how about a how about a capable? How capable can you call Luke Stocker a really good tight end up the night? Always. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, Austin Hooper's, uh, bits, my Austin Hooper's got a little athleticism to it a little bit, but get this. Vikings have allowed three tight end touchdowns in their last 27 games. Oh, oh that's my God, good. Charge. That's, that's it. That's good. You know, so, you know, I'll take my chance. I, I Austin just, Hooper's better not beat this team. Well, I just remember George Kittle giving us headaches. He did. Like Wait, I know. Three quarters last year. You remember that? And I don't want to see that again. I'd, I'd rather we not. problems you know, with that. I, I was thinking the same thing when All I was right. doing my Hooper rankings uh, for this week. I'm thinking back to week one of last year and going, oh, Kittle. Yeah. But, of course, as it turned out, Kittle would go on to be one of the best tight end, have well, one of the best tight end seasons in the league. Also, as it would turn out, players like George Kittle and Kyle Juszczyk 
and um, and and players A, B, C, D, and E weren't going to be 15 yards wide open after the Rams game when Zimmer settled that defense down, went to Philadelphia, they had right. three points at halftime, and we won. Can you, I get a win? You know, and if you really look at it, at it you know, much closer, you, you would find, right. Paul, that a- after those first four games last year, you know, yeah. we really turned things around. Ah! <laughs> uh, let's go to the Vikings side of the ball. Okay. I want to start here. Um, Stefan Diggs has got a hamstring injury. We still don't have a definitive idea what his status is going to be. Uh-huh. I'm worried if he doesn't go, we are, this is not exactly a team replete with wide receiver depth. This is a, you know, we've got Thielen without Diggs. Yeah. All of a sudden, we are, Ola B.C. Johnson is your other starting wide receiver, I think. Yeah, you know. Well, which is fine. I mean, B.C. can play. He's obviously not Diggs. Diggs is not on my depth chart. Uh, if he, if I learn Sunday he is playing, it's a mm-hmm. quick little throw a card together in five minutes. Yeah. Uh, but I'm, I'm moving forward that way because it's a skill guy in a hammy. So I don't need steam. I don't care about steam. I'll let Sunday develop the way it does. It's a skill guy with a hammy. That settled for me. All right. So, you know, yesterday, uh, I know you're happy for me, but I was talking with um, our mutual friend, Matt Burke, ah! um, because I wanted to gain more understanding for atlanta's defensive front and how it operates and what to look for and if we want to have success against it what do we have to do well and i was i just wanted to learn about it so i i had to talk to matt about something else so i picked his brain on this and you know he talked a lot about if you're going to play a lot of single high safety which atlanta does dan quinn's scheme does do a lot of that okay it's more difficult to do that when you have two really good receivers on the other side. Yeah, the Vikings sure. have that with Diggs and Thielen. Yeah. Uh, and Diggs and Thielen will win on the outside. And if all you have is a single high safety to help with that, you are in trouble. So if 14 does not play, big breath of fresh air for the opponent, but especially this week yeah. because of the way Atlanta plays defense. Right. It's an especially uh, deep breath of fresh air for Atlanta. So that's a problem, and it just puts the onus even more on what we know the Vikings want to do run the ball yeah they, they, they want to be able to run the ball more and they want to run it better and that was a focus all off season, and it's going to be a challenge this week because atlanta is equally concerned with and committed to stopping the run and, they, and of, even more so if Diggs isn't on the field yes right but like in bursich's film segment this week that we broke that we broke down with him we looked at some from last year and even when teams were in second and ten, the Giants had a second and ten snap against the Falcons where they, they had Eli Manning in the gun, and they had three receivers and a tight end. They were in a passing formation on a passing down. Atlanta had eight men in the box, and they held wow. Saquon Barkley to 40 yards rushing in that game. Yeah. So Atlanta is committed to it. So Zim and Stefanski come in dedicated to the run, talking about they're going to stick with it, we're going to be better at it this year, and their medal is going to be tested against Atlanta. And I believe they'll stick with it, but it's going to be tested because Atlanta is going to equally commit to stopping it. Yeah. And Zim's philosophy is keep paying the bank. You know, two-yard run, one-yard run, three-yard run. Two, keep going with it because you're going to crack a 55-yarder. Or an 84-yarder. Like or an 84-yarder. Yeah. And it's not just because that run was a good run. It's because of all the runs you had before that that built up to you it. You know, that all sounds good until you uh, until you run into a scenario where you run on first for two yards, run on second for two yards, and now it's third and six and a punt. And, I agree. You know, you can only do that so long. I agree. So, you know, it, it, it all, you know, Establishing and sticking to the run sounds great until it doesn't work six straight plays, I know. and now you're, you know, you know now you're, it's really it's and, really and look, hard. Now with Kevin Stefanski as the play caller, yeah, you know he he is he's younger, 
He's of more of the modern mind, I think, and I think he'll be more uh, open to passing on first down yep. or to passing on on traditional rundowns. I think yeah, he will. Good. I you know. I and, think he should. And that will sort of negate what you're talking about. Mm-hmm. That a lot of play callers fall into that trap, they especially do. when the head coach is saying publicly or privately, "We're not running the ball enough." Yeah. Right. Right. Yeah. So now it's just like, yeah. okay, we'll run every first down. Now, now you're in second I, and nine. That's right. It's, Good luck. You know. Defense knows it's coming. They're yeah. scheming for it. You run into it, and now, you, now you're jammed up. Now, wh- where I think Stefanski could be helpful here is to say, I want to use Dalvin Cook in ways that we haven't used him, and, and that's in the passing game. You know, they really, Cook's got good hands. He can catch. I, they haven't utilized him throughout his career enough as a receiver, and one of the things I'm really optimistic about is the notion that Stefanski will unlock that part of what he can do in a way yes. that our previously nobody it's, had. It's interesting that you mentioned that, Charge, because I did research on just that topic, and I'm going to use the info on Vikings Game Day Live on Sunday, which begins at 9.30 on Fox. Um, if you go back and look at the last, one of the more uh, recent games we played against this defense, this style of defense, was San Francisco last year, week one. Okay. Lots of cover three, Richard Sherman on the outside, um, and another corner on the other side on the outside. Lots of cover three. Yeah. Yards after catch is big against this type of defense. You have to be disciplined, and you have to take your checkdowns. You have to take what this defense gives you and, and gain yards after the catch. And to your point on Dalvin Cook, last year Dalvin Cook had 55 receiving yards. 54 of those 55 yards were after the catch. Oh. They, were, they were short completions mm-hmm. behind the line of scrimmage, at the line of scrimmage, and Dalvin making people miss. And these are plays that weren't designed for Dalvin. These were plays that were designed for tight end or wide receiver, and they were covered. Sure. And, and Kirk was disciplined enough to check down. Adam Thielen had 46% of his yards after the catch against the Niners last year. Damn. We're going to need a similar type of offensive discipline against these against these Falcons. They're, they are going to take stuff away deep. The Falcons do not give up deep plays. They have a single high safety, angel yep. over your shoulder, and the corners play off. They're not going to give up explosive passes. you got to throw checkdowns, which is frustrating to watch at times to take a lot of checkdowns. Well, but if you're moving the sticks, that's what's fine, the right? Yep. If, it's, you know, if it's six yards and six yards, and I just you know manufactured a first down, fine. Right. No problem with that. Now, I mentioned this stat earlier in the show. I'll mention it again. For the, the, I'm talking about Cook broadly on the whole season. I want to see him catch. I'd like to see him catch 50 passes. Yeah, this sure. Yeah. Um, this game in particular, in an amazing stat, not only did the Falcons give up the most receptions to running backs last year, they gave up the most the year before and the year before and the year before. Okay. Four straight years they were dead last in yeah. receptions allowed to running backs. So, you know, Obviously, that's they're willing to give that up. I think that's a product of their philosophy, of For their sure. scheme. It is. And I think if you looked at Seattle, it would be similar. The difference was Seattle in their heyday with Pete Carroll when they were going to NFC title games and championship games and yeah. Super Bowls, they would come up and tackle. They were great tacklers. Mm-hmm. Bobby Wagner, Cam Chancellor, Richard Sherman, Earl Thomas, yeah. KJ Wright, yeah. Michael, they tackled. But the thing is, Delvin can make them miss, and he's going to have to make guys miss in this game. Uh, let me ask you a question. Yeah. If you were Dan Quinn, what would you prefer doing? 
saying Bleedy Ray Wilson or playing Bleedy Ray Wilson? <laughs> playing. That's not even close. So no, if you've ever seen him play, you'd ah! rather say him than play. Oh, you don't think he's very good? He's not good. So he's the second best player from UConn in this game. <laughs> Yeah, for, former teammate with Shamar Stephan. Oh, no kidding. Yeah, UConn football that? representing. Right. How about you that? You got it. It's, this is your Bleedy Ray Wilson leader, the fan, and KFAN.com. When we return, we get the insider's thoughts not only on Packers and Bears, uh, but a very quirky angle to the uh, Life Changer Sunday at noon on the fan, Vikings and Atlanta Falcons. Hey, everybody, he made the drive out here. He's the insider. He's Wobby. Can I get a Wobby. Paul Charchi and Paul Allen. The show's penultimate segment is next. Now back to a Vikings football feast presented by Coors Light. F-A-N. I'm too sexy for my love. Too sexy for my love. Love's going to leave me. Wobby. 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 I'm too sexy for my shit. Wobby. Wobby. It hurts. And I'm too sexy for my Wobby. 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 I'm too sexy for your Wobby. Wobby. The way I'm disco dancing. I'm a model. You know what I mean? Wobby. My little turn on the catwalk. Yeah, I'm gonna think that spine tingler at Soldier Field last night. Well, Gross. I was uh, I was keeping an eye on uh, on our beloved Minnesota Twins. I was uh, keeping an I was keeping an eye on the forensic files. Yeah, of course you were. And I watched a little bit of the. Yeah, if you, if you saw the forensic <laughs> files, you then you saw multiple uh, autopsies. If you also watched the like the Packers Bears, okay. because there were there were the dead out there I, playing. I, forensic files. That's a fat L when sinkhole speculating. No, I was sinkhole speculating. I kid. I kid. But can anyone... Sorry about those twins last night, by the way. Can, can anyone empathize with me on this? What I had to do last night, and I'm, I'm very grateful to have, quote, had to have done this last night. 7.30 p.m. is bedtime for the Wabi kids. That's yeah. bedtime. Good. And bedtime is not... When, when there's two who are four and a half and one who is six... Bedtime is not, hey, guys, go up to your bed and go. No, no, no. It's a process. Yeah, this, yeah. this is a yeah. process. And the six-year-old uh, owns me and knows how to prolong bedtime. Okay. So I have to pause the game, get them to bed and to sleep, and yeah. then come back down. And not look at Twitter or exactly. follow my text. And because, it, yeah, because I'm, like, texting with him saying, oh, my God, you see that? Right. So I'm not replying to some people via text uh, who I would love uh, to be replying to because we're talking about the game. And I'm trying to fast-forward through commercials. I don't like fast-forwarding between plays. I, I like to hear what Collinsworth and Michaels say. No I mean, Al Michaels had a couple of really good moments yeah. uh, last night. I like to hear that. So it's tough 
on these on these primetime games when daddy's got to do bedtime. It's, but I did yeah. watch the whole game. All right, daddy good. chooses yeah, to do bedtime. You don't have to. You choose to. I, and I love doing it. You choose to be a good parent. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And I love that. doing it. Right. Um, are you guys buying into the notion that Julio Jones may not play in this game? Uh, well, no. Wait, wait, wait a second. I mean, I just. So what did you think? Oh, of yeah. Bears Packers. Oh, Jesus. Sorry. Uh, Bears Packers. I'm I'm 60%. Ah! Wow. The, the Packers defense really got a lot better. It did. And I'm 40%. Uh, the Bears' offense did not look right. right. So I, I, I want to give Green Bay a lot of credit for improving defensively because their personnel is better. Way better. And Petten yep. looks like he knows what he's doing, yeah. which, I mean, I'm not surprised about. But I, I don't think the Bears were clicking on all cylinders. And Baldy's breakdowns this morning yeah. at Twitter, hashtag Baldy's breakdowns, he, he highlighted a couple of missed plays by the Bears where the Packers' defense was way out of yeah. position. Oh, Trubisky missed so many open and receivers. The Bears oh, had, man. had unforced errors. Oh, and if so not many. for those, yeah. I don't know that we'd be as high on the Packers' defense. With all that being said, we're going to go to Lambeau next week, yeah. and it is not going to be a situation where it's hot knife through butter on that defense, which it's been lately. Yeah, They're a lot better. No, They're a lot think, better. I think they are a lot better. So that, that's what I thought of the game. Yeah. It was an entertaining game. I don't mind low-scoring games. I knew one of them was going to lose, and that was going to make me happy. No, I, I, and hate, I hate the low-scoring game. The, the Bears taking a Soldier Field L is good for everybody. Yeah. That, uh, that, that part is true. That's good. true. That's good for business if you're the Vikings and you want to make you want to win the division. Yeah. You want to see the Bears lose, you know, your division champion lose. At home. At home. Yes, thank yeah. you. And now, so who do you think is the bigger threat to, who's the bigger threat to win the division? The pa- Knowing what we know now. The Packers at 1-0 or the Bears at 0-1. So I think most of us would have said the Bears, you know, 24 hours ago, most of us would have said the Bears were a, yeah. a bigger threat. Well, I thought what, based on yeah. what we now know, look, who's the bigger yeah. threat? Look, we, we all overreact to week one. You can't help it. You're going to do it, right? You're, you're just going to do it. And remember, this is what happened last year. The Bears lost to the Packers in week one in primetime, yeah. and we all overreacted, and the Bears won the division, right? So, I mean, we're all going to overreact, but. I, oh my God! I thought Al oh, Michaels. Yeah, isn't that good? Oh my God. I thought Al Michaels made a great point. The the Packers, I think, are home for four of their next five. They five are. So five I think of the next six. The Packers are more of a threat to win the division than the Bears are right now, by definition of having a better record. But also because the Packers have a great chance to start fast. Yeah. All right. Great uh, way well, to look at. Yeah. It. I'm, I'm still with the Bears, but not as much as I was into yesterday. Yeah. I know. I just look. I'm. I'm. I'm really rattled by what I saw with the Bears and Trubisky in particular. Yeah. It would be a lot easier had Trubisky played very well, but but passes were dropped or whatever. But Trubisky looked dreadful. I, he did, but he didn't look amazing last year either. Yeah. Well, the Bears were not 12 and four because Mitchell Trubisky went. Dante Culpepper 2004 on it. I mean, he, he didn't. No, but, they, he, he, but he didn't. He looked, he looked markedly better than he had looked. He made some really great throws. Um, and I thought Trubisky you know, really showed marked improvement last year. This version looks like the Trubisky from two right. years ago. But that you know correct. what? For yeah. people like Zimmer and or Petten, who have an entire offseason to deep dive the division, they'll look, uh, of course, they look at Atlanta. Of course, they look at their entire schedule. But the coordinators spend a majority of the time with the teams with the targets on their back in their well, division. Sure, yeah. So that means Petten and, and Zimmer and, and Patricia and whomever have spent a lot of time on Trubisky. And I don't, I don't have any snap counts or anything, and I don't exactly know if this is accurate. I'm just riding by what I think I saw last night. Green Bay had a bunch of DBs in the game a bunch of the time. So it's a nickel league. I get it. But, I mean, there were like five and six DBs all the time. And that's not because of Mitch Trubisky throwing. 
That's because of Mitch Trubisky running. Okay. Because, in my yeah. opinion, because they get there more quickly. I got it. And they slow it or they slow the bit more quickly. Yeah. Because maybe the opinion was formulated, and I can't argue with it, that Trubisky's running is absolutely more lethal than his throwing. I think that, yeah, I agree with all that. I, I also ah! think, I also think we saw, um, we saw a pass protection that can be taken advantage of. Uh, with Aaron Rodgers, I think. I, I mean, I know it's at Soldier Field, and I know the Bears are elite, yeah, yeah. but we're They're elite, fat. too. We're elite, too, yeah. and it ain't easy coming to U.S. Bank Stadium. It's not quiet in there, either. So, uh, you know, I'm not going to overreact to it. I think both teams are good teams. Um, I, I think we need hey. to look good before we can start talking badly about other teams. You, you, I didn't watch the first half because it works up, and I, li- I listened to Wayne Larrabee. Watch the entire second half. You guys watch the entire game. Uh, Khalil Mack, was he a major factor? Because I didn't think he no, was a major no, factor. No, he was not. And in the second half, yeah. I left the game thinking to myself yeah. before laying down in the sinkhole that LaFleur, props to you for doing a yeah. really good job yeah. on Mack and Hicks 90, so they didn't wreck the game. 94 and 95 were problems, though. And that may have been a product of lots of overcompensating for Hicks yeah. and for Mack. Yeah. Yeah. Roquan Smith was a... It was really major force. Yeah. And here the Bears to me are still the I, team to the Vikings have to get by. Keep in mind, the Bears just the Bears just gave up ten points to Aaron Rodgers. It's easier they for us to yeah, win yeah, at Lambeau yeah. than Soldier Field, in my opinion. Agreed. I agree with Agreed. that. Agreed. Ninety five percent of the time you hold your opponent to ten okay. points, you're gonna cruise to victory. I agree. Right? Let, let, so I, I, I still think this Bears defense puts them in a spot to win every single Yes, yes they do. Let's yeah. just get out of September before we we put up our first um, NFC North favorite to win the division. Got line. you. Because we're going to play both teams in September. Yeah. The Packers and Bears have already played, and the Packers have a sweetheart start with yeah. their schedule. Yeah. Absolutely sweetheart start. No doubt. So let's just see what it looks like okay. on October 1st. Well, then this is a way too early in the season opinion slash prediction. And tell me if I get a witness or if you think I'm wrong. That four of the NFL's best defenses, best top 15 defenses. Four of the NFL's top 15 defenses are in the NFC North. Probably. Three of the NFL's top 10 defenses are in the NFC North. Can I get a witness? Amen. I'll get... What? Thank you. Yeah, I would, I would agree with that. And I think Detroit's arrow is pointing up overall. I think, the, I think the arrow's pointing up. I Trey think Flowers, Mike Daniels, Sean Robinson. Can I get? A I minute? think we're in a really tough division. I think the NFC South is a really tough division. You yeah. think it isn't? Um, uh, maybe just let me just hit you with a, a breaking news item. Oh, um, I'm trying to see who's reporting this. Antonio Brown but, was traded to the Patriots. No, right. but it is Antonio Brown. And Belichick oh. sitting him out for a month, turning oh. him out at Darby Dan Farm in Kentucky to get his feet right. <laughs> Uh, Josina Anderson yeah, well respected. is reporting that Antonio Brown just issued an emotional apology yeah. at a team meeting this morning cool. just now with team captains standing beside him. Did the right thing. He okay. did the right thing. Did the right thing. He, he had to know the, it, the whole world was against him here. Yeah. This was, this was yeah, he needed to be 100% repentant. Yep. And I think if he did that, that's, that is very smart. Yep. Antonio Smooth, I like his interviews. I like when I see features on him. I am not a fan. I have not been a fan for X amount of years since it started leaking out that he was missing walkthroughs and he was missing practices yep. and he was leaving games early. And 
I'm just not a fan. Just like uh, your guy at the corner in uh, Jacksonville, the loud guy. What's his name? Jalen Ramsey. Not a fan. Yeah. Not a fan. It's my personal choice. I can like who I like and not like and loathe who I loathe. I yeah. feel you. Antonio Brown, I'm not a fan. Best of luck to all involved. Um, but he's handled this part correctly. He's done. This was an important. So is he not suspended? Oh, I still think he's going to be suspended for okay. this game. I believe we'll find out. That part is not has not been clarified. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't think he's even ready to play. He missed so much time with this team. I don't think he's ready to play anyway. Those well, feet, though. Well, I, I think they should wait till week three to suspend him. <laughs> yeah, in particular week three. Yeah. Okay. I think that'd be a good Just week randomly. to suspend him. Okay. Yeah. All right. Um, yeah, so that new news there. And while I'm doing new news, Tyreek Hill, three-year contract extension for the that. Chiefs. Now, so you're the Chiefs, and this is su- Tyreek Hill is it's such a powder keg, right? And it's so emotional about you know the past things that he's been involved in, and yeah. and, and but at the end of the day, great players generally get paid. He is a game-changing player, arguably one of the two or three best players at his position. Yeah, and. The team has decided this is the right time to extend him by three years and give him the next big contract, $56 million. They have Patrick Mahomes on a rookie deal. Yes. The, the Chiefs are in the ideal position yep. that you can be in. Yep. If if you don't have Tom Brady, Drew Brees, or Peyton Manning in their prime, that's ideal. Yeah. If you don't have that, the next best thing is your franchise quarterback on a rookie deal. Yeah, a la Russell Wilson. We're, five yeah, years we're powering ago. them to, to multiple the Super Bowl appearances. Two Super Bowls. Yes, this is the Chiefs are ideal. Yeah, rookie quarterback who is your guy can carry your team. Rookie contract, and now you're spending all your money on everybody else. Hey, That's what the Chiefs are doing. If um, if you were Jeff Sherman at the West Game, yeah, and and somebody came up and said to you, Mister Sherman, Mister Sherman, um, here's what I'd like to do. Uh, because Paul Charchian has picked the Pittsburgh Steelers to go to the Super Bowl. Okay. Forget the winner. Go to the Super Bowl. Yeah. I, don't, I don't like it a lick. That's my personal opinion. Um, would you take Paul Charchian's $1,000 bet and offer him $10,000 if they get to the Super Bowl? Or is that too high? So you're putting him 10, 10 to 1. 10 to 1 to win the AFC. Yeah. That's too high, right? If. Um, it's probably about eight I to bet one, it, right? I bet if, it's about six to one. Well, yeah. if I was the Westgate, I would do it. Okay. If I if I'm the Skull, um, no. Yeah. Right. Right. But I mean, from an odd stamp or an opinion standpoint, I, I think that's uh, am right. I, am I wrong here? I just, no. I, like I think Juju, that's right. I like Juju Smith-Schuster. I like Vance McDonald. I like the two-headed running attack. Of course, I like Ben. It's just defensively speaking, on all levels, I'm just not completely trusting the bit for the balance of the season. Offensive line is not getting any younger. And then we got Patriots, Chiefs, Chargers, Ravens, Browns in their division. Yeah, I don't, and I, I'm most, if I'm Pittsburgh, the teams the that... The very aggressive pick is what if, I'm saying. If I'm Pittsburgh, the teams that I am conceding I'm looking up at, there are only two. Kansas Chiefs. City and New England. Yeah. That's the only teams I'm conceding looking yeah, up at. Fair that's, point. That's, how I, that's exactly how I feel about Very it. fair Chiefs, point. Chiefs defense is... Bad, really yeah. bad. You know, I mean, the old Rucker in their game at Jacksonville well, is 52. Yeah, and Jacksonville isn't going to score. Well, how you know, you know, how you know the Chiefs' them. defense is bad with the new coordinator and Honey Badger? Per, the personnel on okay. it is, and especially a cornerback, is yeah. terrible. They lost D. Ford. That's a huge loss. Yeah. Um, okay. I, I just, and, but, I got and, you. And if you've ever talked to Ben Lieber. And they lost Alan Bailey, who now plays for the Falcons. Ah, <laughs> yeah. Okay, hold on. Here's how bad. Oh, yeah, the Spagnola Lieber. Spagnola. Here, here, here's yep. how low charges on the Chiefs' defense. 
he has at fanball.com slash charge, he has Leonard Fournette, whose coordinator is John D. Filippo, who loves to pass the ball as his number one running back. Uh, Am I week? right? You are correct. No, right, number yes. two. Number one. Carry uh, on Johnson's oh, yeah, number on. one. Oh, no. Fournette Quick. is one and Johnson's two. Okay, yeah. well, you're blowing you it have, there. I, yeah, yeah. John, Johnson you, against Arizona. And I'm not is, numero uno. I'm not ripping John D. Filippo. Oh, I'm just saying he likes to pass the ball and he's got I know Nick it's Foles. a replay, Wobby. Bad news. Top five. Twins have the base <laughs> right. loaded and no so, outs. So you, you you have Coach DeFilippo's running back, yeah, yeah, <laughs> number one on your uh, list. That, that's, that's how, that's you how feel I feel about, about the Kansas City, yep. exactly. Fresno now, State Bulldogs, right. great then offense. Then there's the Patriots. They uh, that's the other team that the Steelers need to get by. The yeah. Steelers have gotten by the Patriots many times in the yeah. past. Mm-hmm. They meet constantly, okay. regular season, postseason. But they've been able to. Those they've been able to. They've been able to get by them in the past. This this doesn't look like. An elite Tom Brady-led team. Yeah, offensive Can't line argue. is in shambles. Um, one of these years will be the end of the years for Tom Brady. I yeah. don't have any reason to think it is this one, yeah. but maybe it is this one. Yeah, until uh, week five when Belichick trades for Tyler Conklin, yeah, right. and he's better than Rob Gronkowski. Which could happen. And Antonio Brown's feet get good, and they give up a second for him, and there he goes. Right. And so, I, you know, I... I Def- the the Patriots defense to me looks middle of the pack. I just don't, I'm not I'm just not vibing on the Patriots this year. They got, they have the advantage of course of, of going potentially six and zero in their division, which yeah. gives them home field and that's always a gigantic uh, a playoff option for them and why why they can uh, why they can make it. But I like Steelers. I think the Steelers. I think you guys assessed it correctly. There's two teams the Steelers have yeah. to get past. I think they can. Good job, bud. Thanks, um, guys. In, uh, in passing, you mentioned something earlier. Maybe yeah. narrow casting, but just for my personal covenant and those interested in Viking stuff on TV, Vikings Game Day Live 930. 9-3-0. It is now a 90-minute pregame show leading up to Fox's national pregame show from 11 to noon. Wow. Announcer inclusion, 930 to 10. If you want, we'll fit you in, but you no, are but not being planned on. Right. So defensive coordinator ten zero seven. Same. Winning formula ten three five. Same. Bet settled. Announcer liking it. Thank you. See you guys. Hey, ah! Vikings insider Wabi really cares about the team. Wabi. Like go Indian. All right. Uh, final segment coming up from the Friday football feast: Buffalo Wild Wings, Oakdale. This is nine to noon. It's another jam-packed Friday football feast with P.A. and Charge on the Fest. P.A. and Charge. I feel so bad. Football feast. I feel so blue. Nine to noon. <laughs> I got to make it right. Just listen. For everyone concerned. Personal foul. Clipping. Even if it's me. P A. Time for two more. What's getting burned? No! Cause I could never make you unhappy. Charge just laid on. 
uh, offensive coordinator for the Carolina Panthers. Yeah. Uh, the team that lost in the Super Bowl heads all the way to the East Coast, plays an early game against the Carolina Panthers. Who you like in that game and why, the Rams or the Carolina Kitties? I'm not a believer in uh, Carolina. Um, we love Norv, but I, I think this is going to be an extremely difficult matchup. Yeah. Uh, for them, and when I look at the individual matchups, including Cooper Cup coming back and yeah. he plays a role in this game, and Robert Woods, right, and Brandon Cooks, they just don't have the secondary to slow those guys down. And yeah. so I'm, I, I, I think that this is going to be a high-scoring game for the Rams. Now Cam Newton is healthy, which we weren't sure was going to be the case, but he's not even on the injury report. That helps a lot. Okay. That offensive line for Carolina, Paul, and, you know, we know they turned Matt Khalil, and they know they uh, also made a change at center. They brought in uh, Denver's Matt Paredes. Yeah. Um, but that offensive line looked yeah. incredibly bad really? in the preseason. Just awful. And I don't and like their secondary, which means high-scoring no. games. And yep, and I don't think they can keep up. So I'm, I'm nervous about Aaron Donald disrupting the pocket constantly. Yeah. Cam obviously is very Got mobile. You. He can go run, but ultimately they're going to need to pass to keep up, and I don't know that they can do it. Uh, NFC West, Rams win? Rams win, Paul. Uh, and do I you think still they're like the only. You still like San Francisco's no, second? Or, I, yeah, I don't. Back off a little? I backed off a yeah, little. Yeah, I like those chickens to push them a little bit, but probably not enough to win. Yeah, the Clowney addition helps them. They quietly have got a good defense, going rebuilding a good defense in Seattle. So that certainly helps. But, yeah, I've got, I've got the Rams won. Uh, I think the Niners will be a much improved team. I'm confident, but I'm not going to put them two ahead of the ahead of Russell Wilson. Uh, what about uh, so I, I like Atlanta to win the NFC South um, uh, by an inch over New Orleans, and I'm not going I'm not going to go far down the road in disrespectful fashion of you know the uh, the the fall off of Drew Brees and all that. But you know I've now shared this four times. Hopefully it's the last time I share it. Somebody put me on it and showed me the film on it. Breeze took a hit from a member of the, the Atlanta Falcons very late in the season last year. His arm wasn't right after that. Was never the same. Nope. And and got a little jittery in the pocket too he did. Uh, in that Rams game. Now they should have won that game. Uh, but nevertheless, um, I like. I think Atlanta. I think the team we see this weekend it will be your NFC South champion beating New Orleans. Your thoughts? I've got the Falcons and the Saints both making the playoffs. Paul, I I still I've. I've got the Saints winning the division because I can't really pick apart a lot of problems with that team. Yeah. But I, I'm 100% with you that Atlanta is poised to make a big push, and I think they both make the playoffs. Uh, Dallas or Philly in the NFC East? Philadelphia's going to win the Super Bowl, so I've got, I've, got Philly, uh, I've got Philly making it. I've got the Cowboys as the other wild card wow. team in the NFC. Well, you and Florio love Philly to win that I Super Bowl. I love Philly. Why? Well, okay. Uh, thank you for asking. One. Last year, the, the, the only team besides the Falcons that got ravaged with injury like yep. it, it was the Eagles, and they still made the playoffs, and they went to, to Ch Chicago, and they beat the Bears. I don't care that it took a double doink to do it. They beat the Bears in Chicago with a ratty defense riddled with injury. They have the best offensive line in football. Carson Wentz, another year off of his ACL. I, I fully believe that he's set for a, a very big uh, season to take another step forward and go back to the MVP level that he was at the year before that. Yeah. Add Deshaun Jackson into an offense that can be explosive. Wentz has got the big arm. He's never had a speed receiver to get under these long passes until now. Deshaun got Jackson. Got Add Miles Sanders in. Love that play. Yeah. Great defensive line that gets tons of pressure on the quarterback. They're All three, the returning they're three secondary deep. members. They're three deep at their running back, man. Miles Sanders, cool. Jordan Howard will help. Can't remember their third back, but I well, like How it. about Darren Sproles? 
Yeah. Yeah, throwing a little Darren Sproles on okay. passing downs. Offensive I, line's good. I lo- love the Eagles this year. I get uh, you. Me, so good. Uh, Patriots win the AFC East, correct? Yes. Okay, so I presented this equation to you before. Um, would you put $50,000 to win 10000 on New England to win uh, the AFC East? Is it that much of a cinch? Because you have to lay 5-1. to one. I mean, but I, I think Buffalo's better. I think the Jets are better. And I think the Dolphins are worse. I agree uh, with all that. But to win the AFC East, your fifty grand against uh, Vegas is 10. ten grand. So you're really asking. It's not as much a sense this year. It's not. As it has no, I agree with that. I know. What what that bet really is is do you believe Tom Brady will be healthy in this season? And right. it's always healthy, but you know, if if you think Tom Brady's going to get knocked out, right? That's the only scenario where they don't win the well, division. Well, their backup is a rookie. Yes. Who had a good preseason. He did have a good preseason. How about that? Say, say Cole is like in and out of games, not even out for the year, but you got like 50 large dude to collect 60, win 10, and Cole's in and out of games, and you got to sweat that injury oh, report that every would, week. Yeah, that be so to I, I would That's not want to well, sign up for that. Well, guess what? First of all, if you're laying 5 to 1, you're 500 against somebody else's 100. Yeah. Uh, no, thank you. Uh, that's why at Canterbury, we do not show bet. No show betting. Oh, you can show bet. It's available. Don't show you bet. Don't, you don't show bet. No, ROI disease. <laughs> uh, now, um, now, wait. Hold on. Yeah. Very briefly. My dad has... My dad loves to go to Canterbury. He comes out many times a year. We only have four days left, including tonight at 6 o'clock, though. He loves to do a pool show bet with everybody at the table. That's fine. Where they all throw in money, and they do show bet, show bet, show bet, show bet, race after race after race after race. It's called a show parlay, and everybody puts in 5, 10, or 20 bucks. Yep. You start off with a 100, 150 to show, and then you parlay the whole sucker. Yeah. So it's really fun if you can get up to around races 6, 7, or 8. And now you got like nine fifty to show yeah, exactly. on something. Exactly, well, That's different. Yes. That's a big sweat. Yeah. But I mean, if you're trying to break a slump, or if you're like trying to look at a show bet, which is very popular in Minnesota, uh, uh, a non-traditional horse racing state, <laughs> yes. and kind of on the conservative the conservative side. side. Yes. Right. You know, it's like here's the deal: if you really want to bet your two dollars to win my forty cents, here's the booth <laughs> extension. Starts with a six. Here's the booth extension. <laughs> Call any time. I'll be right here for you. <laughs> Same thing with the five to one. Uh, I mean, Patriots look like a cinch, but guess what? If I lose, you got five. You got five of my one hundred dollar bills, and if I win, I get five of your twenties. Yes, boy, that's, that's great. fun. Yeah, okay. I hear you. AFC West Chargers. AFC West uh, Chiefs and Chargers. Yeah, Chiefs and Chargers. Chiefs right. and Chargers are the two that advance from there. Okay. I mean, I'm so every year I want to I want to pick the Chargers every year, Paul. I want to pick Philip Rivers and. I want to say this is the year it all comes together, and I just can't do it. Offensive line already in deep trouble, by the way, there again. And they, yeah. they, you know, Philip Rivers' whole career, he's going to end up having a almost 20-year career and without ever having just an, even an average wow. offensive line, wow. unfortunately. Um, okay, so AFC South. Colts. Colts. Brissett is good. Colts, though. Colts. Whoa. Colts are good. And, and uh, Brissett's going to turn out to be a capable quarterback, Paul, Puppy who's, going to, who's going to end up guiding that team in a, you know, but who else is there, right? So there are uh, Texans. You, Texans, right? I, no. I, I don't, the Texans made so many bad moves this offseason. I don't like the, the mojo. Love I don't it. know that the offensive line 
is automatically fixed with Got Laramie you. Tunsil. I'm nervous. I like Marlon Mack. You like him? I do. Good. Uh, Mouse and I have him on our fantasy. You're going to be glad you did. Uh, AFC North, you like the Steelers to win it, right? Steelers and Browns advance. Got you. I'm, who doesn't? Who's not rooting for the Browns? It's they've been down for so long. Couldn't the, care the, less. The unbelievably great fan base. Couldn't I, care less. I, how can you how can you be indifferent to the Browns? If they win and 12, Baker Mayfield great. and Odell Beckham and because Nick Chubb. I don't care about the AFC until we make the mission Miami, <laughs> and then I care about the AFC. I don't <laughs> care about the freaking AFC. Here, I, I, I care less. I mission 12, Miami. Dismiss half of the league. If if Cleveland wins twelve, cool. If Cleveland wins four, cool. I don't care. I care about us. And we uh, debut this weekend against Atlanta. Is it a Minnesota Vikings victory? Yes or no? No. Uh, why? I believe that installing the, the whole Vikings' new offensive line is going to take, it's going to take the better part of a month before it's fully clicking. Mm-hmm. Um, that part worries me. And, Paul, if, if, here, how about this? Here's my real answer. Yeah. If Diggs plays, yes. If Diggs doesn't play, no. Because gotcha. I really do think... The whole passing offense really does change when he can't go. Hey, thank you for coming out today for the inaugural 2019 feast. God bless all of you. Hashtag Faith Family. Thank you very much. Jared Wells, ladies and gentlemen, base player for Tyler, the creator. Played Monday at the Armory. Here he is at the Feast in Oakdale. Nordo produces Brian Heating and Cooling Studios, and I'm Paul Allen. Have a great weekend, everybody, okay? Thank you very much. Bye. Goodbye. Bye. 54th times the charm. If it's good news or money, leave a message. Podcast today's Paul Allen Show. Or listen back to previous show and interviews by going to the iHeartRadio app or KFAN.com.